0: Hey everyone, welcome to Game Face, episode 239 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, the founder of Sifted, and we're here every Wednesday on Twitch live streaming the best three hours of video game coverage you're gonna find anywhere. Although this episode is not streaming live on Twitch. Um, our TriCaster TD had another gig that took him out of town, uh, so we're going to have to I thought you were going to say
1: this. this episode is not very good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I would never say that, Kyle. Every it's like, episode that's not like Game Face is freaking amazing. What are you talking about? <laughs> but anyway, Jared is uh, on another gig out of town, so we had to record this one offline. Uh, we did get questions from you guys uh, through our forums and through Twitter for Q&A at the end, so we'll definitely do that. But, Matt, overall, a really slow week in the games industry.
1: Yeah, the, the world kind of holding its breath before Cyberpunk. Me too. Um, so. Let's <laughs>
0: be honest, I'm really excited for that game. Um, so, yeah, it's like kind of the calm before the storm. We do have one huge game to talk about today uh, Ubisoft's latest open world game I've been playing for the last five, six days or so uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising. So, we'll definitely talk about that. Uh, a couple other things before we get started, and I will say this, this show's probably going to be shorter than most shows, and we have a lot of topics, but nothing gigantic. So it's going to be like one of those episodes that's just like machine gun fire of topics, so it should be fun. Uh, before we get started, if you're listening to this show anywhere out on the wilds of the internet, you're on iHeartRadio, radio, you're on Spotify, uh, you're on Apple Podcasts, you're on Google Podcasts, and you want to support us, head to patreon.com slash sifted, that's S-I-F-T-D sifted without the e everything we do is supported 100 by our patrons at patreon Uh, and if you enjoy the show and you want to see it continue please head on over there and kick us a dollar a month a hundred a month whatever you can afford i know times are tough right now and if you can't afford any money at all you can always help us with twitch prime if you're on youtube there are instructions for that in the description we appreciate anything you guys do even if you just share the show on social media we appreciate it very much uh so with that we'll get on with the show, Matt. Like we said, it has been a very slow week in the games industry. Um, we're only like two weeks out from Generation 9 console launch. Is this typical for it to be this slow so soon after a big event? I would say yeah. yeah. Like that's the that's calm the, after the storm.
1: <laughs> yeah, the constant doldrums after that first launch, because like, no one else is anything ready. I mean, we're lucky we're even getting Immortals in Cyberpunk when we are, Yeah. Uh, to be honest.
0: Yeah, they barely squeaked in under the wire. Any, any game that comes out in December typically had some kind of a funky thing going on with this development. Mm-hmm. Very rarely are games planned for release in December.
1: Yeah. In fact, I'm currently playing uh, one of the most infamous examples of that, which is uh, Knights of the Old Republic 2 oh, yeah. on Series X. because the, the KOTOR games actually look real good on Series X. Like, the auto HDR makes them look pretty damn okay. Wow, um, that's good news. And, of course, one of the big problems with the old KOTORs was how long you had to sit there watching them load, and that's not a problem anymore. So, like, the load time's almost instant now. So, it's actually a better experience. But, obviously, KOTOR 2 uh, was supposed to come out, I think, uh, like, August or September uh, 2005, and suddenly LucasArts bumped the release date up nine months to December 2004, uh, so Obsidian had to ship an unfinished game, and that's why The Last Planet makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> it's just a series of random images like that kind of don't gel together. But um, that's another f- it came out in December in time for Christmas, and that's another famous uh, December release that, uh, like you said, uh, December is usually where the problem goes.
0: Yep, usually something that got delayed that wasn't supposed to be delayed, but they have to get it out before the holiday season mm-hmm. is over. That's typically where they fall. I think maybe smash was a december release intentionally if i remember correctly the last Mm -hmm. one i don't think it was like delayed to december i think all along nintendo had planned sometimes
1: sometimes december releases are like we want it in time for christmas but we don't want to fight the november release battle um especially in the especially once call of duty became a thing like there's always that feeling of like you want to get away from the call of duty area Uh, there's that window that's, like, basically... Like, Call of Duty and Assassin's Creed just owned it for, like, 10 years in that little, like, October-November window and just didn't want to be involved.
0: Yep. So... Um, well, the big news that's coming from November is that, according to Sony, the PlayStation 5 outsold the PlayStation 4 at launch quite handily. Um, mm. Sony has not provided numbers, but the thing the thing is... The PlayStation 4 was the best console launch ever. So if the PlayStation 5 has dwarfed the sales of PS4, then by proxy, PlayStation 5 is the best-selling launch console of all time. Matt, does it feel like it was the best-selling launch console of all time?
1: Um, Well, I'll tell you... um I I am trying to keep an eye out for more, more orders and pre-orders, whatever you want to call them for a couple of friends who didn't get it at launch. And uh, yes, it does still feel like that. Um, because it's so hard to get, uh, I mean, we said it back in I think March or April, um, they're going to sell as many of these as they can make. Yeah. And that is proving very true.
0: Yeah, we actually have a, uh, a topic later on where we're going to readdress console pre-orders and all the stuff that a lot of you guys are going through trying to get them. Um, but to me, it's... Uh, usually when I think about console launches, and maybe this is the evidence that it is true, usually after console launches, I have other people that I know that have the console. But I don't know anyone that has a PlayStation 5. At all.
1: I know, I know several people.
0: I, I mean, you, other than you.
1: You know several people. They just aren't talking to you about it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I Benson so. got one, and uh, okay. I know I know five other people with one at least in my immediate friend circle. Okay, um, I know and, 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 like, know, and I know and I know like or. double that that are asking me about them. So it's it's there. Uh, uh, it's just you know, I think more people would have them if they were available. Oh, for and sure. like. I had a couple of people there's like oh I can't believe it sold out like it surprises me that it still sold out I'm just like mm, the gardener could have told us that was going to happen you know we knew that we knew that and I said like you know I've said like we've said like on the show last week or the week before like You're not going to be able to just walk into a store and find this thing on a shelf until like April at the earliest. Like it's just, it's going to be the hot thing all through Christmas. And then there's going to be the post Christmas. I didn't get one and I'm trying to get one now. uh, Slow burn as they get more shipped out uh, that I think will last the whole first quarter. And that's just how it's going to go.
0: Yeah, the new episode of Pactor Factor is about that specifically. When will people be able to just walk into a store and pick up a PS5 or an Xbox Series X? I'm not going to spoil what he says. Um, Obviously, I think Microsoft was was who first floated the April date uh, when they said that's probably when they expected uh, supply to catch up with demand. Um, So we'll see. Uh, But to me, like – Comparing the PS4 launch to the PS5 launch, which which one do you think feels bigger?
1: Um I mean I don't I mean in terms of people kind of chattering about it, I'd say PS5 does, because there wasn't a whole lot to talk about with the PS4. Yeah. Like everybody's talking about Demon Souls and Spider-Man and Miles Morales, and to some degree the the Astro Astrobot haptic feedback stuff. Um and with PS4, it was just like, um, uh, Resogun's cool and Shadow search sure sucked. <laughs> uh, and that's about it. I mean, there wasn't, you know, and that was not that the Xbox one was much better, but like, it was just the, the, there was a really anemic launch lineup, uh, on the last gen things. And there was just, didn't feel like there was a lot of hype around, you know what people were doing and playing after they got their systems last time, and this time, at least for the PS5, it feels like that's pretty strong, just because Miles Morales is so good, and Demon Souls is, you know, if anyone's not interested in Miles Morales, is probably interested in Demon Souls. So uh, it, feel, it feels like uh, people are at least like vocally enjoying the new system more than they were before.
0: Because it's good stuff to play. Yeah. When I said earlier that I didn't know anyone who had one, I didn't mean, like, industry folks. Like, that's a given. Everybody in the industry needs one for the most part. Talk about my friends who are gamers, like, back in Philadelphia. And they are gamers. Like, they will buy, at least a couple of them usually buy one of the consoles at launch. Uh, And none of my circle of friends, my casual gaming friends, have a PS5. And none of them have even, like, this is the weird part. None of them have even reached out to me about it, and I don't know if that is a factor of how readily available information is now, and you don't need—they don't need someone like me to like get the skinny on stuff. I don't know, but they haven't asked know about me that. about either of the next-gen consoles, um, which and usually I'm getting like bombarded with text messages whenever.
1: I don't know. Um, some of that might be that they're not ready to buy it yet because they are expensive. Um, it's it, the thing I've noticed is like. Um, a lot of people a lot of my i mean several of the people I know who have one are more casual people who um basically got lucky with yeah. uh either in store deals or like went to went to best when they saw the commercial and was like, oh, there's one Just available got you know lucky.
2: yeah um
1: and that can happen if someone cancels a pre order or changes something like there's a it's not an exact analog but like um, there's an exclusive, there was an exclusive transformer on, at Target that I was that it was sold out instantly as soon as it went up for pre-order. And then like a few weeks ago, I was like, I'm going to go look and see just to see. Sometimes they have more or whatever. And I pulled it up, and it was available for pre-order. So I pre-ordered it, and then it was sold out again. And I was going to because I was going to be like, hey, to the other people I know who are looking for it, like, hey, like this thing's available. You should go go jump on it right now. And it just went, it was just gone. And someone else was like, Oh, I looked at that this morning where, where there weren't any. And someone was like, what probably happened there is somebody canceled their pre-order. You saw it right as that happened. It freed one it slid up.
2: right in there. <laughs> and I
1: pre-ordered the one that was available. <laughs> and then I did it again with another one that's exclusive to Walmart. And in my cart, it literally told me only one left like check out now. And wow. I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> so that can happen. Like you can get lucky yeah. that way. Usually I get lucky with a $10 transformer, not like a $500 game console, obviously yeah. But that can happen. So a couple of them do have it. Um, one of them's playing demon souls has never played a souls game before in his <laughs> life and is just like this is amazing and i was it. like that's and the funny thing is he's just like if, he's like if you because i told him about it a while ago and he basically had been like that sounds good but i can't play something without a pause button when i have two children
2: yeah that's a good um point. and now
1: the kids yeah. are old enough that they'll leave him alone to play stuff and he's like this is amazing he's in. <laughs> so it's happening. And then I got other, like, more casual people that are sort of like, oh, I, I didn't realize this was, like, going to be such a hot item. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yep. like, there's a lot of people that didn't realize that it was going to be hard to get.
0: Yeah, so my landlord some of that. was in my apartment this week. He was helping me, like, hang my new TV, which is finally on the wall. I'm very <laughs> excited about it. It's been, like, a two- or three-week process. But it's all done, finally. All buttoned up, new entertainment center, living room finished. But he was up there. I had no one to help me because it's COVID. Um, But he lives in the building and I see him all the time. So he came up and we hung the TV and uh, he saw my PlayStation 5 sitting there and he was like, What is that? And and he's like, 70. I was like, It's the PlayStation 5. It just came out. And he's like, It plays video games? And I was like, Yeah. And he's like, That thing's pretty. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Found your audience, (laughs) Sonny. There you go. I was like, okay, if you feel that way, I'm, I didn't say that I didn't, I didn't agree with him, but I was like, oh. I mean, it
1: kind of does look like it has an element of like kind of what the future looks like to someone from the fifties, yeah, I guess.
0: <laughs> it looks like the Jetsons a little bit. Absolutely, yeah. um, Matt, what to you feels like the biggest console launch ever?
1: Um, I mean, either this one or the Dreamcast, I guess. Not yeah, the to Dream- me, it's
0: the Dreamcast. And it's but really the Dreamcast the
1: Dreamcast wasn't because it was a failure. <laughs> like, this, it <laughs> clearly know. wasn't the I biggest launch saying, of all like, time.
0: I was pointing maybe at myself saying, this doesn't yeah. feel like the biggest console launch ever. But then I think to myself, <laughs> I thought the biggest one was Dreamcast, and it was minuscule. So maybe it's just hard to gauge these things, particularly now when everybody is buying stuff online and one of the major players doesn't give sales numbers anymore in the, mm. Microsoft. So, you know, we have to extrapolate stuff from from data that we get from Sony and Microsoft yeah. and whatever little hints that Pactor gives us about MPDs here and there which he really yeah, doesn't anymore but
1: I mean all the also although can we can we f- finally like, stop with the bullshit about consoles are going away, no one wants hardware anymore. <laughs> no, yeah. everyone wants hardware, consoles are going nowhere, consoles will be here for two, three more generations minimum, and people will buy play. There probably will be a PlayStation 9. People like yeah. the consoles aren't ending.
0: He did hedge his bet, Pactor did hedge his bet a little bit in a recent episode. He said that, um. Basically every generation they're gonna drop by like thirty five percent until there's none. And he's like, and I don't know how many generations that is or whatever. He he so he did sort of change his stance a little bit. Okay,
1: well I'll bet you this the PlayStation five will sell at least thirty five percent more units than the PS4.
0: And I just gave you a sneak peek at a future episode of Pactor Factor that has not been published yet. Like,
1: so. Pactor needs to stop trying to make fetch happen <laughs> on that subject. It's not going to happen. Well, it's just I mean he just has no incentive not. to
0: make it happen. Like he legitimately believes it. It's not that there's any agenda or he's got some. Action well, I'm sure right. he'd like to be.
1: I'm sure he'd like to be right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But like, I just don't see. I mean, I'm sure in the kind of. High in the sky. This would be good for the corporation biz dev circles he runs in. That's a thing that people keep talking about and like dream about. But like, not necessarily him because that doesn't benefit him at all. Uh, he's an observer in that regard. But I'm sure like he's around people that talk about that as a positive all the time. The consumers don't see it like that, and they never will. I don't know that they, they see
0: it. They might. <laughs> they probably don't
1: see it. Yeah, because it's such. It's just nonsense right obscure, now. Like, yeah. And like, like, what at what point? Also, it's like, oh, you're gonna buy a console? That's, the console hardware just be built into the TV? How many how many TVs do you think we're buying out here? Like, <laughs> you like you even just said that TV you just bought is gonna be there for ten years, maybe longer than you're alive. Like, yeah. you don't buy another TV every five years when Sony decides it's time for a new PlayStation generation? No, oh, no. like, and it locks you into probably a Sony TV. Who the fuck wants a Sony TV at this point? Like. Yeah
2: it's like it's <laughs> You're not way overpaying
1: there is absolutely no benefit to the consumer for doing that that way it's ridiculous the entire idea is nonsense yeah. like i'm sure there's people in bizdev thinking and talking about it and being like ooh wouldn't this be cool to lock people in no it's not it's, it doesn't it's it's like it's like as, as Woody allen said it's like philosophy with socrates it, it's functional on paper but it's not very useful once you get into the real world yeah. so i don't think that's ever happening i think the sales of this of the ps5 and the switch continue to prove that there is plenty of hunger for hardware and that's not going away anytime soon
0: did you see in the uk last week switch out sold xbox series x
1: That not shocking
0: to me i, mean, I was kind of surprised i mean if part of that could be that microsoft just doesn't have the inventory um, yeah as that's of inventory that's like price it's not the headline you want like, but no yeah you don't your console launch. <laughs>
1: you probably don't want the three-year-old last-gen system that
0: um can barely play 1080p yeah. games to crush your hyper powerful yeah, super console but, but it just uh, it. it's all about yeah. the games man it's really not about the hardware also
1: at this point you can't really argue with the switch's library so yeah, it's,
0: yeah, it's great so i can imagine being, like a new purchaser or a switch right now you have so many great games to play and they're yeah. well and There's also so games you can games. only
1: play, games you can only play on the switch okay. like if you look at those if you're looking at weighing those two systems even if you're ignoring the price which you shouldn't be but like if you're ignoring the price You look at all these games on the Switch, you can only play on the Switch, and all these games on the Xbox, you can also play on your PS5 or your PC, the Switch is a pretty easy choice there, isn't it?
0: Yep. So, yeah, I mean, the early returns, based upon the anecdotal evidence that we have, is PlayStation 5 appears to be uh, blazing a path to victory already. Um, there's a long way to go. Obviously, we're only two weeks yeah. into this, and this is a seven-year marathon, not a one-year sprint. But uh, I
1: also feel like right as the PS5 kind of right as the sales of the new systems are going to start to slow down in the retail space. Ratchet's going to come out, yeah, and it's just going to start all over again. and, people, and then yeah, Ratchet's going to people are going to see Ratchet lose their minds all over again. I think it's because that thing.
0: Yeah. Also, if what, also what's the Microsoft to get Halo out before Ratchet yeah. and Clank ripped apart?
1: Well, that's not going to happen but I, like yeah
0: we'll
1: see no no way and what and what's and like what's the other one uh Ke- is it Keena and the bridge of spirits yeah. is that the, that one i think could make a splash if it's any good like the visuals on that are striking they are, like yeah so we'll will see which is, yeah
0: which both well uh, for indie games in generation 9 if that's what yeah, it like look if, like and, yahoo
1: some, I mean, so if you want it to look like that, you can make it look like that, especially on the new stuff. So, it's not yeah, not as much work
0: like, as it used to take. For sure. Yeah. Yep.
1: But like that thing looks really good. That's a first impression that you can't you can't buy that, frankly. Uh, so like people see that thing, and are like, oh my god, what is that? And it's like as long as it delivers, uh, I think you got you might have a breakout hit on your hand with that thing. Yep. So we'll see. And Microsoft there's nothing like that in the in the pipeline in the in a comparable time frame. so
0: yeah, So there you go. PlayStation 5, biggest console launch ever in the United States. Uh, definitely not in Japan. Um, Japan's numbers have been tepid for every console launch for the last like decade. Uh, so we don't really look to that territory anymore as a barometer, but things in the US are looking real good for PlayStation 5. Uh, you should buy it with confidence if you can find one. Uh, So, last night, yesterday, was Marcus Beer's 50th birthday, Matt. Um, And his wife had contacted me on Facebook, and she's like, well, obviously, we can't do an in-person party, uh, but we're going to do, like, a Zoom call. Um, And so, it was scheduled for, like, yesterday early evening, and I jumped on and got to talk with Marcus and hang out with him. Quick update for everyone. He's doing great. Um, He also just launched his own consulting company. He is not with that old consulting company anymore. Um, his company new company is called From Alpha, and he's working with developers to make games better. So he's still helping you guys behind the scenes. Um, but the reason I bring this up is because on the Zoom call was someone from Turn 10 Studios. Uh, if you guys don't know who, who that is or what that is, that is the studio that creates Forza, Forza Horizon and Forza Motorsport. And just this week, it leaked out that Forza Horizon 4, may actually be coming before the next Forza Motorsport. Five. Sorry, five. And in uh, the case of full disclosure, I did try to get information out of him. (laughs) I was like, so we're hearing that Horizon's coming before Motorsport, and he just did the whole zip the mouth thing. Take that for what you will. I mean, typically, if I say something like that to a developer, they'll say, no, 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 more Motorsport's coming first. He didn't say that. So... Again, take that for what, what it's worth. Matt, do you think that this would be, if this is the case, and I will say this, this information came from Venture Beats Jeff Grubb, who has kind of become like the new investigative reporter in the games industry that works at a free publication. <laughs> he, has, he gets scoops on stuff, and you don't have to go through a paywall to get to them. But anyway, he's a reliable source, and he says, and he's also a reliable source for Xbox stuff, I would add. Um, And he says that Forza Horizon is going to come before Motorsport. And Matt, do you think that this is a strategic thing where Microsoft is saying, you know what, the Horizon franchise reviews better and sells better than Motorsport. Maybe we need to step on the gas for that and we can pump the brakes a little bit on Motorsport. Or do you think it's just the natural uh, sequence of development?
1: I think it's just the natural sequence. Like... I think Forza Motorsport, because they see it as sort of the the, the big monolithic sim, sort of the, the flagship of the brand name, I think they're, they're going to try to like reinvent that, really take advantage of the new tech, like make it something special. Uh, not that Horizon isn't special, because I love Horizon. I like Horizon better than the main series. Me too. Um,
2: several magnitudes. Yeah.
1: But I think Horizon Horizon 5 is not going to require you to reinvent the wheel in the same way. And Playground Games has this sort of on a, on a block thing. You know, Playground Games is the lead developer on the Horizon stuff with assists from turn 10 and they seem to kind of have this series on lockdown right now. Like they know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly how it works. They know exactly how to make it. And uh, a horizon that just plays, point, plays better and it looks off, better. Right? Like that's all you need to do. All you need to do is find a new setting, do it again. And you're golden. Like you don't need to mess with that franchise at all. Really.
0: I mean, at this point you, you would assume turn 10 is backed off. Like I'm sure when they f- made the first couple games of playground, they were all over them. And like, Mm-hmm. really like managing the granular parts of the game but the playground has proven that it can handle it all on its own so maybe it's a case where turn 10 is just like hands off now and you're right playground has just continued on it has its next game ready and turn 10 doesn't that yeah doesn't i
1: mean i think that's that's probably what's happening mean, i just think forza motorsport what would it be eight eight
0: is well, but, I don't, but I think they're rebooting it. They're going to just call
1: it some motorsport. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ford motorsport X. Yeah, um, it could be. Yeah. Um, I think that I think there's just like you know I think they're trying to Gran Turismo it and that stuff takes time. They're probably trying to revamp the driving model and the and the damage model and add more the all this and the, the, the Whereas you know Horizon Five seems going to be like it's in a new place. Go smash some boards. Uh, wait for the Lego expansion. Call it a day. You know like, it,
0: um, the which is great. Of Horizon to me does seem more intricate than motorsport.
1: Um, oh I don't no not at all really not at all
0: no. Why do you believe
1: that? Because they're just building on the framework of what came before, whereas I think and Ford, Motorsport, they reinvent the tech every gen.
0: Oh, I see. Um, I, I'm so talking they're... more about, like, the designing of the game. because with, Well, you got to build the tech before you can design like, motorsport. You already know what all the tracks are. You already scanned the tracks, like, 20 years ago. You've scanned all the cars. Like... It just seems like there more creativity is involved in Horizon, wh- whereas just more grunt work is involved with motorsport.
1: Mm, I don't think that's true when you're jumping to gener- generations and basically rebuilding the tech. I, I think that's the long time-consuming part is always building the skeleton of the tech that you need to build the thing Why on top of. Why would
2: Playground not be doing that as well?
1: Because Horizon doesn't need it. Like You're not doing that. Horizon 6 might use some of it, like taking it from motorsport 8. But like, I think Horizon Five is just going to be Horizon Four prettier. I you know mean, what I
0: mean? Personally, I just think it makes more sense to release Horizon first. Um, I, I mean, it probably really Horizon, is, or, Horizon is motorsport. What's Horizon is
1: going to make more of a splash in the press and be you know like more exciting to look at anyway. But so, so it's, but I, but I, dur- I, hundred I percent do not believe it's a strategic move. I think it's just what's done was going to be done. No, I, I when it's agree.
0: With you. I tend to agree, um, but I. Think that I certainly would prefer to get Horizon 5 first. Yeah, I, I don't care about movies It's going to be better for Microsoft that that game comes out before. Yeah, it's not. It's
1: not a, a downside at all. Like it's that's good news as far yeah. as I'm concerned. No, absolutely, like both-
0: the earliest we get, the earlier we get that game, the better. It's my driving game of the generation, so I am more than excited. Mm-hmm. I just never dreamed we'd see it for another like two years at least. Although four is to be out, the right time. Yeah, I guess it has been almost two years since four came out.
1: Yeah, they they put the horizons out on a very strict two two year schedule so and I'm, far. I'm
0: sure they were developing all along with Series X in mind. They had that internal information, mm-hmm. that documentation. They knew how to write to the metal uh, while they were working on this game. So and they and they
1: knew what it was going to be, and it's going to run on the old systems as well. So it's all you know, it's it's all kind of in place. Like you know, it's it's just cranking the settings up to ultra, really. Uh, and it's, you know it'll be the advantage. You know, play play Forza Horizon Four on the new system, and it's just like yeah, oh, no, no load it looks, time, no all looks this. It's like great. It made
0: for the system already. Yeah, like it looks that flipping good. Do you get excited for motorsport anymore? I do not. Like I really the don't, regular one. No, yeah, I honestly no. don't even care if it just stopped coming out. I hate to say it because look, Turn 10's great at what what it does, and they're very skilled as far as driving game developers. I just driving sims i've just i've played so many through the years and look i know there are always young gamers who are now 13 who are now 17 who are now 21 they need games but for me personally i've really burned out on driving sims at this point i don't really care all that much about gran turismo either it's not that i'm picking one over the other i just the rigidity of these games is i've just i've never really enjoyed them all that much and now i've just got to the point where if i can avoid playing them i will
1: yeah, I mean, I, I would never really notice if another Forza Motorsport didn't come out. Um, I do think that they need to exist because there's people that prefer that. You know, everybody should have the, their preferred driving game of, of choice. Uh, and there's people that prefer the Gran Turismo Motorsport angle. Um, I certainly prefer Forza Motorsport to uh, Gran Turismo. Um, I think Forza, Forza tends to capture the joy of, of driving and the joy of loving cars and automotive stuff better. Um, but they just seem to have... Uh, a better handle on what it means to like love driving uh Grand odd,
0: tri- because I think polyphony would cry if they heard you say that because <laughs> well focus, then they I, mean try to yeah so hard on that stuff
1: they well they'd focus on the on the realism but they don't really they don't really have any personality. They don't... Like, Gran Turismo has never struck me as anything other than sterile so for the most sterile. part.
0: But I think motorsport's the same way.
2: Like.
1: Motorsport is pretty sterile in terms... If you compare it to something like Horizon or Need for Speed, but, like, like when they put in, like, the, you know, the Top Gear guys to do... That's like I, it, it had the... It had that... And even before that, they had that feeling of, like... Uh, you know, they try to make oh, this is your garage and your car. like they made it There's like kind cultural, of more about you, more a cultural yeah. angle
2: to it than there is. In they
1: captured the cult, yeah. The, yeah, the culture or the cult, some would say, <laughs> of yeah. like loving cars and being into just like you know that kind of touring thing. You know, that yeah. not just people that race cars, but people that love cars and like to get in, get in and like oh, I got to drive this car and drive it down the two eighty and see what that was like. Yeah, like just like people who love like. All the, all the weirdness and all the differentiations and all the, the design quirks of, of cars and car history and all that. Like, and Gran Turismo has a lot of that, too. It just, it's so, it's so, I, I, when it's I think boring. of Gran Turismo, when I think of Gran Turismo, <laughs> I think of a giant white space.
0: Yeah, it's just you know, an just empty just vessel nothing. of, like, assets.
1: Whereas Forza, and part of this is because of the Forza Vision thing they did, they've had for several installments. When Forza, with Forza, I think of the feeling of like when I go shopping for a new car and I walk around the car in the showroom and like smell it and think about like I, Forza captures that in a way that Gran Turismo never has. I think they do. The that's that's what I like. Cars it. better. They too. definitely do. And, and I mean, helps. they did it first. They did yeah. them first before Gran Turismo because Gran Turismo always that thing like, oh, there's no way we could do it to the degree that we need it to be to be happy with it. And Forza is just like, watch us, motherfucker. You you um, they've done a great job. And in, in, you know, the in-cockpit driving, which goes back to early three hundred and sixty, like you know, which they pulled that off, and even they really did a good job on all that. And um, and I just but the thing is, like like you said, you can only change. You know, the novelty of that only lasts so long. And like I feel like it ran out of steam in six for me, and seven was just more of the same. And I'll keep an open mind, but the idea that eight would have anything really new to show me besides shinier door panels is a little hard for me to swallow. Like. I'm sure it's great and like the rubber on the tires is going to deform properly depending <laughs> on where you steer and what bumps yeah. you hit. But does that make me any more interested to drive Le Mans again? Not really, you know. Um, whereas Forza Horizon 5, who knows where this thing's going to be set? Who knows what I'm going to be doing? Who knows what the what crazy shit the DLC packs are going to yeah. be? Like, you know, like Forza Horizon is just, you know, it's more arcadey and it's not like this, but it still captures that love of cars and that love of bonding with yeah, other people not so who love cars. It doesn't
2: feel like real driving. No,
1: no. And you can set it to be much more simmy if you want to be and it's there kind of there for everyone and it puts you in an interesting situation it gives you a world to play in it it gives you consequences and sort of a much stronger feeling of like kind of in-world progression like it just speaks to me as a video game person more than a car person and i think that forza horizon strikes that balance better than what motorsport does and like i'm certainly not trying to hate on motorsport like if you prefer motorsport to horizon like i get it and like i'm sorry you're gonna have to live through like the release of forza for attention star attention short attention span babies before you get your real forza game but (laughs) i'm pretty happy to get horizon five first
0: now matt do you think either of those games move the needle just being honest and frank
1: i think horizon might um but not to the degree that like a bigger, more universal, because like the the problem,
0: anybody to buy an Xbox instead, probably not. It could,
1: it could help push you over the edge if you're like almost there, I think. Um, but like the thing about driving games is like, it doesn't pull a lot of new people in. Like it's, you either, you, you either like a racing game or you don't. And, it's not like you're not going to get someone who's like, I don't like racing games, but I'll try this one for some reason. He's like, <laughs> like I, 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 it doesn't yeah. cross boundaries, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, if you're into it, you're into it. And if you are into it, you're probably planning to get an Xbox anyway, because you know Forza's coming.
2: Yep.
0: Yeah, so there you go. Uh, the Forza line, I guess we could call it, um, for Xbox. It looks like both games will probably be out before the end of next year. That's a rarity that we get. Maybe. Print. Do you think that they may delay Motorsport? If I think the, Motorsport
1: will slip to 2022. Uh, interesting. Yeah, uh,
0: interesting. I think um, that's smart. Like, I, I think it would be silly to release both of those franchises in the same year. Yeah, I think it's they're weird. they're so there's, desperate for content, Matt, they may.
1: Yeah, I, well, I also think it's weird. I always think it's weird that there's no Horizon equivalent on PlayStation.
0: Yeah. Where is their semi-arcade um, excellent racer? They don't have the studio know. to do it. They had one. They had the studio that did Motorstorm, They had a couple.
1: But they had, they had Motorstorm. I, th- I think the Drive Club guys could have pulled it off yeah, uh, if you let them do it. Yeah. But they really gutted their driving stable uh, I mean, for, for, for reasons. Don't sell
2: all that well.
1: Yeah, anymore. but like I think you could you could do something like Drive Club had potential if you yeah. leaned on it. But like most people don't even know that game existed. Um, well, had some of the best rain effects I've ever seen in a driving. Like five game. Five
0: false starts or whatever. There's so much controversy yeah. around and everything. Everyone just wrote it off. I think.
1: Yeah, I just think it's a shame they didn't get give, give that team a chance to sort of do it again. Um, not necessarily Drive Club Two or anything, but like they had talent. They could they could put a driving game together in less time than Polyphony could manage. And it felt it feels like if you kind of made them the more accessible, maybe Need for Speed style driving team, you kind of had something there. But Sony wasn't interested in it, so there we go. And maybe that, maybe that's what Sony figures. They've got all the, you know, if, if anything from like EA or whoever decides to make a arcade racing game is going to end up on PlayStation anyway. So that's what they'll lean on. And since those games don't really move the needle, like you say, it's just not worth having your own internal team for it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's smart. Honestly, it just, those games just don't sell very well
1: anymore. It's not like Sony isn't already killing it with the first party stuff. You know, they it's don't need but like
0: there aren't plenty of third parties that are making driving games for its console. It's probably yeah, happy I, to just take its 10% from th- those games and dump a ton of money and take the risk on its own.
1: Yeah, I just wish those games were better.
0: So. Yeah, I agree. Okay, let's move on. We're going to talk next about PlayStation VR 2. Uh, recently, Sony came out and said, we're not going to hear anything about PlayStation VR 2 this year. Um, and we, I think we kind of assume that. You want to give a little bit of room for the PlayStation 5 to breathe. Uh, it just launched, after all. But information has been trickling in about PSVR 2 for a while. And we've talked about a couple things uh, here on Game Face in the past. But probably the biggest one uh, that was announced this week is that the Sony filed a patent for a VR headset that includes haptic feedback which is a big catchphrase over the last couple of weeks because of the DualSense PlayStation 5 controller includes it, and it's, like, mind-blowing. So it appears that this technology is something that Sony is looking to bring over into its VR headset, its next VR headset. So, Matt, I have a couple questions here. Mm -hmm. The first one is, do you want haptic feedback in a VR helmet? (laughs) And I'll let you... Go ahead and answer that one. Well,
1: I mean... That kind of depends what they're talking about. Like, they mean like it's going to have like kind of you know control, special specialized controllers that involve that. Like, cool. If you're going to poke me in the face with something, like no, not it's like really in the
2: helmet that's putting like. Oh, so on. it
1: would it would be like kind of a, so it'd be like a gyro thing, like like where if I need to turn my head, it might like in in a like in Ace Combat when I turn some way, it might be harder for me to turn my head the opposite direction on, I don't know of of the g forces, but. I mean, you can do that. You can do that with like they. I mean, just the same way they do stuff with like uh, a lot of Rumble stuff is done with gyros. Like you can actually do that. Like the way the old force feedback joysticks worked. Uh, like that, that's sort of a gyro inside.
2: It would definitely. basically like
1: add a little bit of weight, a kind of a little bit of resistance to turning your head. Like you'd Hashtag
2: feel science.
1: You kind <laughs> of feel physics. like you're. You feel like you have to physically turn. Like like the headset was pushing against you a little interesting. bit. Interesting. Um, that do could you want be interesting in like terms. that
0: in a VR helmet.
1: I mean, yeah. In terms of like that, or like a driving game where you're trying to look around and it's like kind of resisting you based on the motion of the car, like that's a that's actually a really cool idea. Or um, I know there's people that I don't know if there's any way that they've actually worked on or gotten anywhere with it, but like I know there were people working on um, or at least people that my friend knew that were working on an idea similar to that. It's like a haptic feedback thing for the, the headsets that makes you somehow feel the acceleration of things. Like it, it, it put it somehow. Like may, <laughs> kind of pushes. It just, like, in the, sa- just in the same way it would. In back, the same it way, pulls
0: your face back. No, <laughs> in
1: the same way that like you res it resists your like turning. It would kind of make you feel like it's pushing back on your f- head.
2: Oh like it, like, wow! It would kind of
1: it kind of feel like your head's being pulled There's back a from, like on where, the back. Like it <laughs> you're kind of being pulled back, back by acceleration. Like wow, that would be the idea.
2: Interesting. Huh.
1: And the same thing when you stop, like that. Uh, that's one of the things they're working on. I don't know what, I mean, what kind of tech that would require. How heavy that headset would need to be. Um, that would be. I mean, yeah. I mean it, does tra- <laughs> it does they seem to, it does seem to track out. with like, uh, with Sony's sort of mo for the for things this gen though. So who knows?
0: My my, my bigger question, really, um, and I would not be a fan of haptic feedback. I love it in the dual sense, having things like pushing in on my head. I, I think that's where I draw the line. There's a fine line between. Um, Realism and absurdity. And to me, that's where it starts to step over the line of absurdity. The bigger question for me, really, at this point, Matt, is you look at Oculus. I mean, with all due respect to HTC, to me, Oculus is the premier VR company. Facebook, ultimately, is what it is. Um, But you look at what Facebook is doing with Oculus, and they're discontinuing the Rift S and all their VR HMDs that work with outside hardware. The only thing you're going to be able to buy is the Quest going forward. And obviously the Quest 2 just came out. It's like 400 bucks. It seems to be selling really well. So my question is, why would Sony create VR that is reliant on hardware? Do you think that they will? Do you think you're going to need a PlayStation 5 to play PlayStation VR 2?
1: Yes, absolutely. No question.
0: Why would Sony sort of go backwards?
1: Because they're not going backwards. They're going forwards in a different direction. Okay. Uh, and the reason for that is that the PlayStation VR is made by the PlayStation division. And they're never going to want to divorce it from the PlayStation. Uh, whether that's a mistake or not, I don't know. But they are going to kind of try to do more of the HTC-style boutique high-quality experience, whereas the Oculus is more of a quick and dirty... Um, it's you dirty know, of oculi-
2: mass-consumer...
1: Yeah, it's mass mass. Consu- well, their aim is mass consumer, but what it really, is, you know, when you get down to it, it's an inferior experience because the hardware is yeah. underpowered, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And Sony, which is funny because the PlayStation VR was that before. Yeah. Like the current PlayStation VR is definitely the grainiest,
2: the
0: budget, lowest resolution entry level VR yeah.
2: HMD. Yeah. Uh,
1: certainly, when all that stuff launched, Sony was the cheapest. Sony had the worst screen door effect. Sony had the, lo- the lowest resolution, you know, like screens in the, in the goggles, so worst um, problems with
2: motion sickness.
1: worst problems with motion stuff, <laughs> it low, lowest, lowest, lowest resolution, you know, lowest resolution motion stuff, like in terms of like samples per second, um, you know, couldn't do room scale, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I think they are going for broke in the other direction on PSVR. Uh, and they're trying to tie it into sort of the, the haptic thing and sort of the general PlayStation experience. I'm sure that headset will look just as weird as the console does yeah. um, with the flowing white lines and everything. <laughs> that would be crazy. Um, yeah, and uh, that kind of thing. So I think they are going to try to lean harder into like the, you know, you get the HD experience, the HD, HDR, whatever. Wouldn't surprise me to see like them leaning into that. Uh, I think you're going to run into the issue of cost pretty quickly with that, but it seems like maybe they don't care. And if the system can sell for 500, maybe the headset can sell for 300. Like who knows? Like, uh, well, I I don't think
0: PlayStation VR you couldn't get that for 300 bucks. So.
1: I don't think Sony is uh, particularly concerned about mass adoption by this for this thing, really. Well, like, I mean, if
0: you look at it, PlayStation VR, I think the last public numbers that Sony provided was like 2 million sold or something like mm-hmm. that. And it's willing to do another one. So that speaks to what you just said and that it's not concerned about selling like one to mm-hmm. every two PlayStation 5s or whatever.
1: Yeah, but if you, even if you sell like one to every five or one to every four, the number of PlayStation 5s that are being sold... Like, you're, you know, just by a game of numbers, you're gonna get a pretty good number of, of adopters yeah you know, I don't like, think they'll
0: ever hit that though is my point I think they're going to hit one out of every like 500 well it whatever. depends it
1: de- it's going to seriously depend on what's on this thing you know everyone's still looking for the killer app for VR and like every once in a while something pops up that you th- that, that you know everyone thinks it is. you know Beat so, Saber I think with it being better yeah.
0: though the perception will be that it's not cutting edge even though it's, it will be it will probably be the best VR HMD on the market when it's released mm-hmm. do you think perception though will be like oh that's old it has like a cord and you're like attached
1: and I don't think so cuz most people don't even have much of a perception of VR stuff yet you know true. like it's not um, the other thing that I wonder is uh, you know Sony's pretty on target with a lot of their you know R&D on a lot of this stuff um it's not impossible that this thing would have like two modes, like a, like a wireless mode that like kind of lowers everything down a little bit to save batteries and make it kind of a more basic experience and a kind of HD mode where you plug it in with the wires and it takes advantage of the PS5 more directly. Um, That would not shock me if, if that's part of their plan to have this thing sort of do both.
2: Yeah.
0: Do you think it's a smart plan to launch PlayStation VR two Matt? At all.
1: I think it's I don't know if it's smart in terms of like having to break out hip but they're already hip deep in the research and the R&D and the and the, the, the brand so like you might as well keep going um, at some
0: point I mean if VR never takes off Sony's gonna have to call it
1: I think if this doesn't take off in the way uh, whatever their internal expectations are we will probably not see a PSVR 3 yeah. Um, but that's, that's years and years away, it's you know. Right? Like,
0: look, I give Sony credit for sticking with it at all after the sales of the first PlayStation VR. You only sell two million units. Like, your chances of selling software are really well, I think slim,
1: somewhat. But I think that I think expectations have been adjusted since then. Like, I know, I know, at the time, everybody, including I think Pactor, was like, I was like, oh, this is it. This is the revolution in video gaming forever. Like, nothing will be the same after VR. And VR came out. It's just like. Bleh. <laughs> it's like man, well, it i mean look made me
0: sick
2: so yeah
1: well also i mean i was a big i was a big fan of yeah, you it doesn't make me sick i really enjoy a lot of it but like it's just such a fucking hassle like by the time i get everything set up i don't want to play anything anymore nothing <laughs> like uh, about it.
0: no not yeah, at, at all i would argue too if playstation vr2 is in fact tethered
1: that mm.
0: doesn't help with your biggest it doesn't company.
1: help but what, it, what would help is if put hooking it up doesn't hobble the system like that's what my biggest complaint with PSVR is that the that the box because I got a launch unit the box doesn't allow you to do HDR. Yeah. So if I want to play something that isn't VR in a in, with HDR and a properly on my TV, I gotta unhook it and you know plug plug the the HDMI cable back into the PS4. Um, so if I could just have it hooked up all the time, uh, maybe with a, a more uh, a more like sane cable. Arrangement, Like there's a lot of wires on that thing. Yep. Um, but if I could have it kind of set up there all the time and when I wanted to play it, I just had to pull up, you know, pick up the controllers and, Grabbed a headset and it was ready to go. Like I would probably feel differently about it. Uh, the other thing, of course, is I there hasn't really other than Iron Man, there hasn't been anything that really grabbed my attention in PSVR world uh, for like literal years.
2: Yeah, I
0: think everybody agrees so, with you on that one. I think that's why the sales of it basically nosedived after the first year. Even though I'll say the software kept coming, like Sony did not give up, and third parties didn't. Yeah, give they up kept doing
1: stuff. I mean, yeah, AstroBot I that and as well, but, that yeah. apparently that blood, what that gangster one blood truth. and truth or so yeah apparently that was really good but i never played it
0: um i don't I mean, know it's all like, relative matt i think when you say very good it's like very good for a vr game <laughs> right it's always and bad. vr really needs a game you know and i
1: guess half-life alex is, is apparently that but again i have not had the the ambition to pull out my vive and rehook all that and drill holes in the wall to play one game so come
0: out for like playstation vr like why not it you know you need to sell more I items. think the new on PS5
1: I don't see any reason it wouldn't work I mean it's not it's not like yep. it's not like Valve wouldn't have made their money already and they've put they put Half-Life 2 on consoles yeah um, you know years later but it happened three years later so who knows
0: do you think maybe Sony could have a wireless headset if they use some kind of video streaming technology like the Wii U used no
1: Okay. Like that's that's not a, that's a non-starter because of the lag that would introduce.
0: Yep, that's what I figured. But I'm just trying to. I don't want a wired HMD, is what I'm getting at. I want a wireless one. And I'm not well, you're not. Buy I don't a think Quest. You, I'm going to buy PlayStation VR. And I, you're not going
1: to get a wireless P- head, headset from PlayStation. So I like, I think there I m- uh, agree, at best right? at best you might get like I said a hybrid uh, where you can unplug it and you kind of get like, you, like the headset contains you know, the, like, like a base, a base model PS4 sort of thing in it, you know, like, mm-hmm. and you, so you can play, you can, it would be like playing, you know, like the, like the quest, it would have like some hardware inside that lets you play it at a certain resolution and a certain quality. And that's what you get if you don't want to use wires, maybe you want the boutique experience, you got to plug that sucker into the PS5. Yep. Um, which I think is a pretty good compromise if you can actually get it to work. But again, you are talking about something that has a, a substantial cost to it at that
0: point. Well, what do you think the cost needs to be for this thing to take off, for I really
1: don't know. I have no I idea. Think the I, price I guess, of
0: three hundred honestly makes sense to me. I just don't think there's any way they can hit it.
1: It's hard to get. I think it'd be hard to get to three hundred with what I assume Sony wants to put in this thing. I mean, maybe uh, they could as long as they sell everything else separate. Like you got to buy the controllers separate and all that. Um, if they could.
2: I mean, they probably will now. Yeah. They buy everything separate now like a charger you yeah
1: well did you did you hear like one of the big things that is expected for their next iPhone is that they're gonna not have a port on it anymore
2: so everything There's no be wireless.
1: They'll all be wireless, all wireless charging and all that stuff, which, by the way, is when I go Android. Yeah, I wouldn't be happy with because, that at all. It like, takes I'm, too long
0: to do stuff for wireless. I plug my phone in to, yeah. like, update my iOS and stuff. Like,
1: well, also, like, forever. charging wirelessly, it's like, I've I I'm, I'm got to buy all different charging things. i got to yeah. find places to yeah, put, put them. Yeah. Like I gotta clear off space on things, whereas before I just had a cable and I stuck it in and put the phone on the on the yeah, and surface a surface somewhere. Yeah,
2: your phone, it doesn't work. With and I don't, yeah.
1: You know, and, and then I have, uh, you know, I play in my car wired. I don't have to use Bluetooth for that because it's way unreliable. Yeah. Um, it's it's ridiculous. It's stupid. We'll see. Like it,
0: if that one's true, I wouldn't be surprised though. Because wouldn't, wouldn't it be surprised? Because
1: Apple, it, Apple does tons of stupid. Like, look, I'm an Apple user from back in like '86, but like under Tim Cook, they have become complete idiots. Like it's just sad. Yeah, it more to watch. Because um, <laughs> they're
0: a services that, company now,
2: they don't. Yeah, need,
1: that's that's the one part. Them. That's the part of me that really roots for Epic in that lawsuit. Is just teach, <laughs> teach those teach those idiots a lesson yeah. about what it means to think ahead first. It's just ridiculous. Like, but you get it. You know, they they're up in their little bubble of like what Apple executives are. You know, it's just, it's like um, it's like the Oscars announcing today the that they're going to do the ceremony in April in person. Yeah. It's like okay, well, good luck. <laughs> and like I said, no, I, said that some, I said that to one of my friends, and he's he's just like, well, they're probably just going to pay to vaccinate everybody who's involved in it. And <laughs> I'm, I'm like, right. and I'm like, look, you're right. I mean, you're they right. Might. They probably they probably could do that, but talk about confirming that that whole thing is just a big elitist <laughs> ivory tower piece of shit. Like yeah, like you just confirm you every
2: like you confirm
1: vaccines. every terrible <laughs> optic imaginable about Hollywood in one swoop, and I mean, I'm pretty sure right and, yeah, there,
0: Hollywood elite. There it is. But there might be no one in the
1: hallways making those decisions that would ever think of that. Like you might have to talk to like Susan Sarandon before anyone brings that up, right? <laughs> but you have to might start you have to might start like vaccinating people before someone's like, wait a minute, this is bad PR <laughs> at the very least, right? Well, a lot of and times so, you
0: just break it and then you fix it after people complain. So that's what happens. So
1: that's what, and also kind of what I mean by what I talked earlier about Pactor knowing people in the biz dev world that just sort of all deal in this Pie in the sky, no the hardware bubble. streaming thing, bubble. and they're in this bubble that never acknowledges real world use cases. So, like, that could be happening here with the, the PSVR are a big stuff. a
0: problem across all of society. Yeah. Because the way algorithms work now, and the way, at, in all honesty, advertising works on social media, once they figure out what you're into, they keep you in there mm-hmm. and they don't let you get out or interact with people who aren't in that bubble. That's why. Yeah. Our country is so divided over politics. Well, and that's, right with the, well that's what the, is the algorithm in the is same for. Bubble with all the same people who believe the same crap, no one ever hears an alternate viewpoint anymore. So,
1: well, that's what the algorithms are designed to do because they want to engage you further right, and pull you in. You so, like, if you watch, you
0: like so that you keep so, the back. Yeah.
1: So, if you watch one, one or two like right wing leaning videos, they're going to give you more and more extreme. So, if you watch one or two left wing leaning, they're going to be more and more extreme left wing stuff. If you watch one or two gaming things, they're going to give you more and more in depth, long. You know, you're going to start it's throwing so that H bomber. You're going to start throwing that two hour H bomber guy. What was it? Three hour H bomber guy Fallout three vi- review at you, and like, you're just going to pull you in and in and in, and like the bubbles, you know. So that's always been something to some degree it's always been there for for one degree or another but in, in one form of the bubble like a bunch of executives launch a bad product that doesn't sell in another form of the bubble everyone decides this side of the bubble decides that children should starve so it's <laughs> uh the, the the model has different consequences depending on what it's applied to
0: yeah it's true but that's how we're living and it's yeah. i'm sure if you are a big xbox fan or you are a big PlayStation fan, you're probably in a bubble, and you don't even know it. You are around other people who believe all the same stuff that you do. And that's why you're getting this positive reinforcement all the time, and you go someplace like, say, watch Game Face, where Matt and I tell the truth, and you're like, Whoa! These guys are crazy. No, we're not crazy. We're living in the real world.
1: <laughs> I just can't. It's hard for me it's to really imagine being to being it, a man. diehard I can watch fan. One
0: video about like wood carving, and next thing I know, my whole feed is flooded with freaking wood carving. Like it's that fast. Like well, that happened with the. That, that even happened to, to me with to the. the list, <laughs> and it's just flooded with wood carving.
1: Well, that happened to me with the. Uh, I watched the G four like reunion special, and immediately after that, it was supposed to go to the you know the gravy fun stream where Adam played Among Us with with the streamers and everything. But instead, there was a glitch there, and there was a gap. So instead of sending me to that, they sent it sent me to some other random live stream. And it was, like, a bunch of bros talking about, like, how COVID's a hoax and, like, <laughs> t- Trump really won the election. And I was, like, how did I get, you know, I never see shit like that because I don't watch nonsense. And, like, I, I was, like, what the hell? Like, how did I get here? So I was, like, so I just sort of, like, made fun of people in the chat and left. But, like, for, for, for days after that, I kept getting more and more, like, weird, right? Like, he kept telling me I should watch Ben Shapiro. And I was, like, fuck you. you like, what's
0: somebody, like sabotaged you or something
1: no i think it's just it's just what it decided to roulette me to because uh, of the interest i because the guys who were talking about this were also game people they were gamer uh, people uh, it was just it just because of the things i like to watch it assumed hey maybe he'll like this and uh and i do think there's a tendency for that algorithm to, to kind of throw you towards right wing stuff because people get so into it that it's a good way to keep your engagement for 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 a long time because
0: yeah, even uh, if you don't believe it you'll go and you'll be like you guys are idiots
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I can't, I can't expose, I know a lot of that already, and I can't expose myself to more of it because it's just derivative, but, like, I was, so, and it took me days to sort of, like, keep saying, no, I'm not interested in this to get rid of that, you know, it's just, like, you yeah. know, well, at that, least wood right carving is just boring.
0: They're in a bubble with other people just like them, and sometimes they don't hear the real consumer mm. anymore. Um, I
1: just can't imagine being, like, a hardline fan of any of the three like either. console makers because they all bad. they all do shitty stuff yeah, so yeah. all this so much like it's just like how can you possibly like side with one of the other because they're all terrible at one point or another it's just like, no one's perfect. perfect like
0: kids who are like eight to like 14 sure. or whatever like sure be a fanboy nobody cares like just you're feel 18 like if, and you can reason and you're an adult
1: well not even that That's especially right. where, like That's a lot a of it comes you know a lot of it comes from being younger and being like uh, both indoctrinated in terms of how team sports work uh, because that's bad believe me you know like because I've seen you know you've seen a fights break out over who can throw the ball better uh, it's it's sort of like oh maybe this is not a good thing to teach people um, but on top of that it's like if you're that if you're younger and whatever and you can only afford to buy one game console you're gonna try to convince yourself that the game console you bought was the right choice. Yeah. Uh, And a lot of it comes from that. And I was a big Sega fan, but I was never a huge, like, anti-Sony person. But once I was old enough to get, like, a job that paid me a fair amount of money and, like, in college and stuff and was able to buy a Saturn and a PlayStation and a Nintendo 64, like, that kind of opened up a lot of, like, mental doors. Like, oh, all of them. Have their good value. points, and yeah. and all of them have their weak points, and that's just how it is. And I mean,
0: are included. Believe yeah, it or not. but e-
1: but even I'm not dumb enough to buy a 3DO. So
0: <laughs> nobody was. That's the problem the 3DO had. No one was that stupid. <laughs> what was it? Six hundred bucks? Is that right? 700.
1: 700. Seven hundred. Seven 7995 five U S dollars. I,
0: I knew no one who had one. Until- Which I think
1: has to work out to close to like eleven hundred dollars in twenty twenty money.
2: Yeah.
0: I, a friend later in life got one for like a few hundred bucks, and then I like messed around with it like a few years after it had released. But nobody I knew got one at launch.
1: One of my one of the my sweet mates uh, in college got one, and and he had with a bunch of he had like Street Fighter, and uh, that's the first time I ever played Need for Speed because that was the first yeah. thing that was on. Um, uh, Supreme Warrior, that FMV like martial arts game, which he didn't even know how to oh, play, yeah, and I, I figured out yeah. I figured out one night, and he came back from like whatever party he was at, and he's just like holy shit, I can't, I've never been able to get past <laughs> one fight in this. I was like, yeah, I'm almost done with the game. Here we go. Um, he was, I mean, he was really, I really liked him, but then he got pulled out of school because it turned out he was like stealing money from his parents to pay for all that shit. So, and, when he, and when he left, he's like, I'm going to leave all this with you and come back for it at the end of the year. I was like, no problem. No, so I had, so I had a lot of stuff to play with
0: because he didn't want to yeah. take it home because his parents then would see yeah. all the stuff that he had bought with the money he stole. Yeah, exactly. But he, he
1: did come back and get it at the end <laughs> oh, of the he year. Did?
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm surprised. Oh, yeah. I figured he would just be like um whatever, I'll never see you. No, again.
1: I mean, I knew it. I mean, we were friends before he ended up in uh, in my room. Like you know, I, so I was like, "Are you coming back for this or I'm do I, do I just get a free 3DO?" He's like, <laughs> "No, I'm coming back.
0: Don't worry about it." Yeah, it's too expensive. <laughs> so anyway, PlayStation VR2, it's kind of taking shape um, but it looks like it's tape- taking the form of the older VR HMDs instead of kind of the new Quest stuff. <clears throat> Not confirmed yet, um, but we do have like four patents now, and they do all kind of mm. seem to be pushing in that direction. So.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, Sony files a lot of patents. You know, there was one. There's one that went up today that was for like a dual GPU GPU version of a console, which like. People were like, "Oh, is that what the P- PlayStation Five Pro is going to be? Is dual GPU?" And I brought it up to one of my developer friends, and he's like, "That is complete nonsense. <laughs> yeah, like, you to, I was like,
2: "That's BS."
1: He's like, "You'd have to redo the entire architecture of every." He's like, "He's like, there's a lot of very solid reasons this is not what they're doing and not feasible. That I do not have time to explain to your <laughs> <layman-ass."> layman <right> ass." <laughs> then <So, now. laughs> so, that was the I end. I need of to that. get back
0: to programming. Just trust yeah, me. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Crap. Okay. Uh, let's move on. We're going to talk, as I mentioned earlier, about pre-orders, which somehow, still, here we are, a couple weeks after launch, are still... Yeah, it's,
1: it's weird to call they, them pre-orders when you get them, like, a day later, but that's pretty much what we're calling them, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the, are they pre-orders when the thing's already out? And now it's just trying to procure a console, is what it comes down yeah. to, but they're still taking pre-orders, so... <laughs>
1: yeah, because you pre-order them, and they re- they fulfill them in, like, a day or two, because they they're only putting them up because they have stock. If you... Right now it's happening too. Like, So uh, uh, a, f- a wave of them hit Costco at 1.15 p.m. today, uh, PS5s, mm-hmm. uh, out of nowhere. No one knew that was happening, but it happened, and they were gone in like a minute. Um, there are rumors that uh, midnight Pacific tonight, Target's going to have a bunch of PS5s, and people are using the My Store app to, like, check now, inventory. This,
2: don't wait for tonight. Don't, don't wait don't is, for tonight. This is, this is, this is like,
0: pre-recorded. This, is, this
1: is December 2nd. This is the night of December 2nd. Drop
0: tonight. Yeah,
1: this is midnight December 2nd to December 3rd.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and there's there's rumors that that, because if you look at the My Store thing and look for PS5s, it shows something like 10,000 units in stock at Target stores. Uh, not available for sale, but that they, the okay. inventory updates before the the shelves update, basically. Um, okay. i I use that for transformers. If they if they get new waves or, or exclusives in, I can see which stores have them and go and ask. And if they don't have, them, a lot of times they will go in the back and get them for me. is um, a lot for one retailer. Well, uh, I mean, that's country. That's that's U.S. wide, so it's not that much. Oh. Okay. Um, so, but it's like it's like ten thousand something right now in that's targets across like the nation.
2: Three minutes and ten. Seconds.
1: Three minutes, maybe if you're lucky. Yeah. So the rumor is midnight to midnight December second yeah. to December third. I mean, technically December third when midnight hits. But this um,
2: is
0: what you're gonna
2: have
1: to do to get one. Yeah. This I mean,
0: you to follow. I mean, like, if you're on
1: the east coast, you're up at three for that, right? Uh, so, and it's and I, just I, like that's I what's happening.
0: Not worth it. But look, if nah, you're it's worth it. Work right now, and it's worth it. If you can spend five hundred bucks and make fifteen hundred bucks, and your unemployment's about to expire, look. If you are one of those people and you are scalping these consoles to put food on the table, I have no problem with you at all, none. And it's yeah, but I also think, but I
1: also think if you know the people that are scalping them for to put food on the table, you already had five hundred dollars,
2: so like, yeah, or, I mean, if you or can, more. If you know,
0: you can turn that five hundred into fifteen hundred or whatever they're going for on eBay right now. I mean, it's a safe bet if you see that there is. Like a thousand consoles on there, they're all going for at least a thousand. Yeah, boxes.
1: I mean, I don't mind people that buy a couple extra and do that, like flip them like that. But it's the, it's the scalpers of the bots that are getting hundreds of them yeah, that like well, piss me off. So
0: we we thought we had problems with scalpers in the U.S. on launch week, and as you guys know, PlayStation Five came out a week later in Europe. And as it turns out, things have been even worse in Europe, like way worse. Um, the scalpers there, unlike the scalpers here who just get their consoles, make their money, and keep their mouth shut, the scalpers in Europe are brazen, and they go on social media, and they brag about it. Well, one of the scalping organizations, who, by the way, was charging people 30 euro to teach them how to scalp, were busted, <laughs> and all the orders that they had placed were canceled, and they ended up losing their allotment, uh, again, after they went on... Uh, Twitter, and bragged about how many consoles that they had just uh, secured. Um, So there is a way to track these people down, but you have to rely on them to basically blow their own cover, which is mostly never going to happen. And then to try and quell some of these issues, Europe has finally done what the U.S. probably should have done and moved to a raffle system to sell the consoles. Um, This has been going on Japan for... Decades at this point. Instead of making people like stand in line and like first come, first serve, you just go in and you buy it and then you show up on launch day with your ticket and you pick it up. Um, And to buy them, there's a raffle you put your name in and only X number of people get them. Um, And if you don't get it, you got to come back for the next raffle. That's what they're starting to do in Europe. It's probably what they should have done in the US. They could still do it in the US if they wanted to, but. For whatever reason, uh, we're very resistant to change in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that is. Why is our country so stubborn in that way?
1: I don't know, but we, but we also love uh, leaving our fates up to randomness, like yeah. to really, uh, we, true. we, we all as Americans pretty much live one medical crisis away from financial disaster. So, like, and why not, trying, they're why they're not, not use a raffle system for your game are console? Trying
0: to give us health insurance. I don't understand it. It's so weird.
1: They don't teach a lot of basic logic in school these days, yeah. and that might be intentional. Um, <laughs> Who knows? So there's yeah, there should probably should be some kind of raffle system, like especially in in this this year where you can't do the thing where you know they used to do the thing was you got there in line, everybody got their tickets for how many they had. If you didn't get a ticket, you weren't going to get one, so go home. Um, this this, ver- this version of, of reality where everything's online and you're kind of camping out the websites for, for whatever is a little more frustrating, I think, because there's no way to know, you know? And there's all these ways you could fail that are, you know, you know the site might not work for you or you might not, you know, your website, web browser could crash or the internet doesn't work right. Or like, there's all these different ways that you might not get it and you don't know whose fault it is or your fault or their fault or this fault, like what's going on? Or the bot's fault from the scalpers. Like it says, like, there's so many different ways you could blame things and it creates this extra level of frustration and... And, and especially when like all the rumors happen, it's like, oh, I camped Costco out, and then I didn't get it. And Target, and it didn't get it. And Best Buy, and I didn't get it. And PlayStation Direct, and I didn't get it. And At a certain point, you like lose out so many times that, it, that people just get really mad about it.
0: Or you um, quit, which is what happened to me. Quit. And I just randomly, at like 1 a.m. before I went to bed, went and checked the website, and it had it. And mm. I just got lucky. I mean, I went through the whole process, got sick of it, gave up, passed out on the couch, woke up at like 1.30 in the morning. I'm like... I'll look before I go back to bed. And there it was. And I got a
1: freaking. <laughs> yeah. I almost got, I almost tried to get one last week. Cause I said, there was a bunch of like, you know, sales of them going up, uh, in the, in the run up to black Friday. And I almost thought like, Oh, you know, I bet I'm going to have someone, at least one person ask me if I, if I know where to get one after the, after, you know, black Friday week. And maybe I should just get one in anticipation of <laughs> that, whoever that is. Yeah. And I didn't. In the end, I was like, mm, eh. and then of course, immediately on on Monday, like five people are like, "Do you know where to get a PlayStation 5? I was like, Ugh. Well, "Your
0: intuition was right. You knew. Yeah, people I mean, maybe didn't realize when launch day was, but once it hit, they were gonna be like, "Oh crap! Now I need
1: they, one." They they knew, but um, a lot of them didn't think it would still be sold out by now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why they would think it that, but like, I mean, like I said, mo- several of them are more casual. A couple of them are parents looking for it for ch- for their kids. Uh, they just don't know. They don't know the world of it like we do, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, um, and, and there's and, and let's be let's be honest. Most people, most retail products aren't like this. Yeah. You know, usually you can just find whatever you need. They just in sell the space of a couple of weeks. Like Apple sells iPhones,
0: just sell them to anybody who's willing to pay, and they get in line. Um, and you mm-hmm. can tell them, like, you are person 10,581 in line. If you're okay with that, submit. And as soon as we have a unit for you, we will ship it to you.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the thing the that Apple, the reason Apple retailers. can do that, we well, yeah, but the reason Apple can do that is because they have a giant retail pipeline they've right. curated for that's 25 good. years. Yeah. You'd have and, like, Sony like doesn't like do that. Or Best Buy where yeah. And that's, like, it's that's a complete non starter. Yeah, like, it's, it's just anyone who's tried to get anything through any of those retail outlets knows they don't even know where you, where they are let alone where your playstation is so uh, you know and even i mean maybe that would would be a thing eventually like maybe for playstation 6 play playstation direct might be robust enough to handle a system like that um obviously that wouldn't be the only way to get one but it might be a a, a, a more conservative way to get one you, you know like what i mean
0: nobody buys consoles Directly from like the Microsoft and Sony websites, they're there. You can go there and you can buy them, but nobody goes there. Everybody goes to GameStop or Best Mm -hmm. Buy because you've just been trained to do it. But ask somebody where they're going to buy their new iPhone, they're going to the Apple Store.
1: Apple Store. Well, that's the other thing is like you know you can go to the Apple Store.
0: Yeah.
2: Right.
1: Like there, you know, I mean there there is a Microsoft or there was a Microsoft store here in the Culver City Mall um
2: century
1: city mall century city mall right and there's a there's a microsoft store there too Uh, i don't i don't know if there's still the Century city too i I don't know if there's one there's a lot of apple stores around but like like it was it's more unusual to see a uh a microsoft store way more unusual or 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 a sony store there's a sony store there too there was um that had a playstation section but like it's you know that's the thing is apple the apple store is ubiquitous um, Microsoft stores and uh, and Sony stores are not and so probably no will never turn be it
0: around. Publi- the way the public does no. this they're just too used to doing it the way they've always been doing it and it would be great if everybody could do that you just go to xbox.com and be like I want a Series X you buy it and they're like okay you're going to get it in six weeks or whatever yeah
1: well that's the other thing is people want it launch day yeah. um, and you know, and it would be nice if you could do go to that go to x- x- xbox.com say it yeah, 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 and I want it I want it delivered to this, my local Best Buy and I'll pick it up there um, but, uh, again, that would require a level of, a level of, uh, communication, logistics and sophistication that we simply do not have in the retail chain.
0: Well, we could have it, but it would take a big investment and yeah. companies like Apple make that investment. Companies and you would
1: inevitably have to partner with, you know, that, that could be a good lucrative way for GameStop to stay alive another couple of years, but it's too late now. That's
0: true. Yeah. But they would have had to have thought of that three years ago. And yep. GameStop is not very forward thinking. No, no. GameStop. It's not very forward thinking. But if you
1: need a Game of Thrones Funko Pop,
0: <laughs> they got you covered. Let me tell you. Eight different versions <laughs> that you can pick from. Pre orders aren't just for consoles. It just, for whatever reason, consoles are what drives the most ire and the most headlines. Um, Certainly I, this, this time, yeah, for sure. And I mean, I'll <laughs> say this I can tell from the last batch of Pactor Factor questions that there's a lot of you out there struggling to find one, and you're still and I, struggling, so... I do
1: think there's an extra level of frustration this time just because, as much as I wouldn't ever do it, I think there's a satisfaction or a feeling that you're making some kind of progress by going and standing in line somewhere. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you're out there in line in the cold at Best Buy waiting for that next batch of systems, and you know it's... Like, it feels like you're doing something proactive. Whereas if you're just sitting in your house... Like you have for the last nine fucking months, and you're refreshing <laughs> that stupid web page, and all of a sudden, like the, the time comes, the web page won't even load. Yeah. Like that, there's no, there's nothing totally satisfying about that. Yeah, it's totally yeah. Shame. at least if you're out there doing something like there, might, and even like you like you always say about how like you meet some people and you talk about it with people and you may, maybe make a friend or two. Like you feel like you got something out of the yeah. experience, yeah. whereas like this is just the same it's frustration over and, <laughs> over and over and over and <laughs> over. You know,
0: by yourself. With the computer screen shining on your face. Yeah, so part
1: it. of it, I think, is this is just worse than it's and ever it been. Up.
0: Yeah. And the demand's more, too, because everyone's trapped at home and everybody wants yeah. video games, and it sucks. Um, but I feel it for does. you guys. I know a lot of you guys are still trying. I, I know Matt and I have told you a million times to follow Wario 64, but really do it. Like, he can help you find a console. He yeah. does the legwork nobody else wants to do. Uh, I mean, he tweets. He stuff.
1: tweets a lot of irrelevant stuff. Like I understand why people are yelling about all the eShop deals he yeah. tweeted, but like I wouldn't have my systems if he had without him tweeting well, about the, where the things were. There are tens
0: of thousands of people who would say the same exact thing. So. He's your best bet, but keep trying. I mean, you never know. You, I got lucky when I got mine. I got lucky. Yeah, as as, lucky, someone who, like, as someone oh, who as someone who does. In the morning, I should go to bed. I'll try to refresh one more time, and I did, and there it was. Like, just don't give up.
2: <laughs> yeah, as,
1: as someone who, as someone who you know collects a lot of hard to find stuff, and like the the random. I'm about to go to bed, but it's the middle of the night, and I'm just going to check one more time. Thing it works once it in a work, while. Like, like, yeah, try it.
0: Most people aren't trying like you are, so. Don't give up. Keep trying. I do feel for you. I know you guys are really going through it out there trying to find one. And it is doubly frustrating when you see people sn- using a bot to snatch up like a thousand <laughs> consoles. Yeah. There's no doubt about and, it.
1: And if you do find it in the middle of the night, finish your order before you tell anyone about it.
0: Yes.
2: Yes.
1: So, that's okay.
0: Cover your ass first. We're <laughs> yeah. 100% okay with so, that.
1: <laughs> save yourself before you try to save others. Yeah. It's the first rule first like aid. an oxygen
0: mask when you're on a yeah. Yep. Alright, let's move on. We're going to talk next about probably we actually have a question about this later on during the q a but what probably is going to end up becoming or being the biggest video game flop of 2020 and that is marvel's avengers
1: Um, certainly the most high profile
0: yeah it was divulged this week that avengers still has not recouped its development costs it has lost money to this point matt do you think that there's any remedy for that? Do you think they'll ever break even on this game?
1: Um, I don't know. Like, Where's I know I do know a fair number right of people. I know a fair number of people who actually bought it last week. Um, when it was half price. Uh, I don't know if that helps them. Um, well, it
0: does because they're hoping to get people into the ecosystem so that yeah. they finish the campaign and stick around for the game as a service.
1: Yeah, I just like. I really enjoyed the campaign, and uh, that's about it. Like I, I think um, I think there's no greater testament to how uncompelling the post game content is than the fact that I refuse to give it space on my PlayStation 5. Yeah. like I don't care what's going on Do in you think Avengers it right now.
0: Better. If it was just a campaign, if it was just like Marvel Spider-Man and it was just a campaign with the Avengers. Yes. So, I, th- I think it would have. Here's my real question about this game is, did the extra content hurt the game as far as, like, with critics and word of mouth? I think it did. That's th- crazy th- to think about. Because I think
1: if you'd just done a more straightforward campaign, because uh, remember, the campaign, as much as I enjoyed the campaign, it was also damaged by the fact that it had to fit into that game-as-a-service mold. like. Yeah. Like, when you, go out to all the, when you go out to the missions, you are very aware that you are playing these compartmentalized areas and missions that are, you know, just, you know, they, they make it story-driven enough to keep your interest, but they, they do feel pretty generic on the ground, and you can see kind of the destiny pedigree coming through, uh, and that, is a, that, is a, you know, that doesn't happen in Spider-Man, that doesn't happen in the Arkham games, and it's because they're more cohesive whole. Um and also it's I think yeah, it to
2: be single player games.
1: Yeah. And I also <laughs> think um you are dealing with uh there was a lot of negative press and a lot of negative sentiment around this game because of all that. Like I think if it had just been a straightforward single-player campaign with all the bells and whistles uh that you expect from like maybe what Insomniac makes with Spider-Man there would have been a generally more positive feeling about it in sort of the core gaming world and that world of mouth would have spread and more people would have been willing to give it a chance because as soon as people heard that there was any kind of like online microtransaction element, you are instantly turn off a huge like kind of fraction of your potential audience. And, you know, people are literally waiting for a half price or a lower opportunity to even try the thing. Um, and That's I think part
0: of the problem though, do you think, critics and game reviewers are partly to blame um because do you feel like they should be able to compartmentalize the game and look at the game and be like there's this really good campaign and you know what usually when i review games if there's a really good campaign that's enough for me to give a game a good score but there's that but there's this other stuff tacked on at the end and i'm gonna dock the score for that how do you so, j- jungle that in your in your mind
1: as a game? I mean, the campaign... I only think of the campaign as about half the game, even though it's like 90% of what I actually played um, because I just didn't care about the post-game stuff uh, beyond a certain level. But
0: I wouldn't have regretted uh, it if I paid full price for that game and just played the campaign. Like, I, it was long enough that I wouldn't have felt, like, cheated. It wouldn't have been, like... One of those games that I recommend, like top of the list for the year or anything like that. But I don't think people would have felt cheated if they bought the game.
1: Somewhat, I just, if it had just been the campaign, I would have liked it to be a different game in some ways. Um, I agree.
0: I mean, I I, I hear what you're saying. You're right. There are some elements of the single player stuff in that they mm -hmm. are basically bending over backwards to fit in with the gas style design. Yeah.
1: And I think there's just some people, you know, there's, I think it's, it's at least in the core gaming world, there's a significant group of people that as soon as they hear that stuff is in the game, they just don't want to support that, mm-hmm. you know, no matter how good the campaign is. I saw, I saw a lot of people on Twitter and, and various places saying, like, I know everyone's saying the campaign's good and I'm interested, but I'm going to wait until it's like 20 bucks or 30 bucks because I don't want to throw full price at Square and reward them for doing this with this game. Um, it, honestly, honestly, I think like, the model that they should have been following for these games is the Lego one. Like The Lego games know what they're doing when it comes to adapting a license into something everybody wants to play, and they do a very long campaign with a lot of levels that are focused on things you recognize. They don't do the microtransaction stuff. There's occasional season pass stuff, but it feels like this level is a complete level built for this thing to get this part of the story across, and it works, yeah, and that's the like kind of thing you should have done. Million.
0: Like, you got to aim higher with Avengers. You just have to. That license costs too much. It has
1: nothing to do with that. The, Avengers, the Lego games don't sell the way they sell because of their level design. I'm saying that that's the structure you could use if you don't want to, like, break the mold wow. and do an open-world game with the Avengers. Um, the uh, but, but the Lego games don't feel like, you know, that they have, like... That you're missing out on parts of the, or you're gonna have to go back to those levels and do another generic mission after the game's over in order to collect Fuzel Five so you can get Armor Twelve. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just, there's just this like this, you know. And, and Destiny has that too, uh, or did in the original like older campaign stuff. Certainly, the expansion stuff had that element where it's just like you felt like you were going through sort of like cardboard sets grafted on top of an existing open area and. Um, Avengers never manages to really transcend that in a lot of places, and it really it carries itself through with the characters and the narrative for the most part. But once you get down to like the fighting on the ground, as much as I like the combat system, it always felt a little bit like I was fighting in just sort of random zone. Uh, and I know that that's because they had to have basically generic zones for you to do the generic missions in the post game. Um, and maybe they're going to fix some of that with like the character packs. Uh, and, like, kind of further post-launch content, but, like, we haven't seen, like, they've been dead silent for six months almost. Well, they've delayed a bunch of stuff that was supposed to come Yeah, out. like, we're supposed to get, like, Hawkeye's, like, this week or something, or yeah, Kate Bishop. The
0: problem is the game was so busted at launch that they yeah. dedicate so much time to just basically putting out fires that they haven't been able to work on the extra content. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think DLC is going to save this game. I think what will help this game break even, it's going to be the game-as-a-service stuff, getting people in there, spending money on microtransactions. <laughs> I'll I, tell, I mean, I'll so tell you so what, it, what it, and I don't. I do not think this game's going to make money. If it does, I think it'll break even like a year and a half, two years from now when they're selling copies for like 15. To
1: yeah, they would have to, to, to stick with it in a, for a very long long haul. Uh, the other thing I think that would help really? them is, uh, I don't know. I don't think, we don't really know how Square will roll with this, although they, you know, Square did tear Final Fantasy fourteen down to the ground and rebuild the whole That's thing true. at one point. So it's not like they're afraid to like double down on something they believe in. That's true. Um, so we'll see. Uh, the other thing I think that could help, I mean, obviously do the the character packs and the, and the, that kind of thing. Um, like a year from now, a year and a half from now, if you do the destiny thing and start putting out like really solid campaign stuff, like, you know, when the expansions come out for destiny Two, like they have a really robust campaign with a good story and all that stuff. If you do that again with Avengers, like you'll get, I'll come back for that. Like, I, I would come back for an Avengers 2 that has a new, you know, that has Hydra as the enemy or something and tells a new story and brings some new characters in and kind of yeah, kind of builds on the world that they Because that's the other thing with... Um,
0: well, you just answered my last question, which was, is there going to be a sequel?
1: You I think they work. should expand on it, and, and the sequel should be something like, you know, like Beyond Light was, where Beyond Light really seems like it's probably what Destiny 3 was going to be if Activision didn't let them go. Yeah um but instead they didn't so they were able to make beyond light part of the destiny 2 platform which i think is smart, it is smart. um and uh i think that i think square should do the same with avengers because uh, part of the problem with i mean i love the campaign part of the problem is that the the way the campaign ends it's like the campaign ends by getting everything back to the status quo, or at least a new form of the status quo. The Avengers are together. Everything's okay. The team is assembled. The Helicarrier works like we're all the Avengers are back. The
2: game a and <laughs> right.
1: But the problem is that you've set up this great premise like at the end of that game for like, OK, now the Avengers can go out and have some real fucking adventure, some real classic adventures. We can bring, And then yep. nothing happened <laughs> yeah, like
2: that's when it got first,
1: like there's first nothing first else the to do. Part of
2: the game kicks
1: in. Yeah. So I'm saying like, do a campaign that takes advantage of the fact that your first campaign sets it up as like the Avengers team is together, ready to go and ready to handle anything the world throws at them. Throw That's some like, real shit at yeah. them, like let's you know, let's have Thanos show up or stuff. Like let's do, let's go crazy, like put the Infinity Gems out there, like get you know, like do a, some classic Marvel stuff and get people's attention. That like, oh, I want to, oh, I want to play this, I want to do this, I want to fight. You know Terax and, and and the silver Surfer, and all these like you know go crazy, like throw some crazy stuff in here, uh you know go go outside the lines a little bit, figure out a way for me to play ant man, you know like there's a lot of stuff you can do that like would get my attention again, and the thing that got my attention the most in that in the original campaign is how well they you know I don't like aim, I think aim is a boring villain, I think aim is a is a dumb, and it's it was kind of I get really tired of fighting yellow things by the end of the game, but like <laughs> But, it, it, but as someone who isn't a fan of AIM in the comics, I thought they did a pretty good job of making AIM something more interesting. And what they did with MODOK was cool. Like they, you know, they did a they did a pretty good job in kind of the MCU style of taking this ridiculous comic book thing and kind of making it work in a new form. And I like that. I thought that was neat. And there's a you know, there's a lot of hints in the, near the end of the game that like where they might go next, involving like you know the, the Eternals and and uh, the. Teragen stuff and human stuff and all that, um, which would be cool. Like you know, like but just you know, there's a lot of teases for SQL-y stuff at the end of the campaign. Do it, like get there. Uh, and I don't know if that's already their plan to do a full like sequel second campaign at some point, but I hope it is because that was definitely the strongest part of that whole experience. Yep. I realize it doesn't sell a lot of microtransactions, but why would I would pay like. 50 bucks or 40 bucks for a new campaign on that thing.
0: So you're saying yes to a sequel. I agree. Um, The license is too big. There's too much opportunity here. If they do make a really great game, it will be one of the best selling games of the year. So I think the potential that's there. um, There's also this. There's kind of a vacuum right now in the MCU. It's a shame that you know Square Enix took so long to get this yep. one done because they can't strike while the iron is hot. Right. As it
1: well, also this course. could have been a really good opportunity for them because this is the first year since 2009 with no new Marvel Cinematic Universe so content.
0: Like that's The point I was making. Yeah. I really had an opportunity here, and unfortunately it didn't. No. Happen. So. Didn't, I do didn't think get. did Sequel. I do think Square Enix is playing the long game with this.
1: Um, yeah. My only concern would be Marvel pulling the license. Um, I don't think in, the
2: game was that bad.
1: That's no, but they Marvel Marvel and and Disney tend to be a little impatient about um, immediate returns on interactive and video game stuff. Um, Marvel you know, Disney has basically no shut other their you
2: can give it to.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, Disney has shut down their you know their interactive and and video game stuff m- multiple times, you know, like, it's it's amazing how often that happens. Like, there's like, okay, we'll try the video game thing again, uh, two, and like two years later, it's again. like, <laughs> right? And like two years later, like, oh, this, this didn't pay immediate dividends. We're just gonna shut it all down. <laughs> like, and uh, read your like, book. <laughs> it's like the like Disney Infinity. You know, remember that, to- that Toys to Life thing they did? Yeah. It's like it's like yeah, there was something there. Like you really they had something cool going on there, and they ju- they just fucking killed it. Like there's there was a already Gen
0: catchphrase, Toys to Life. Yeah, they oh, oh, like, don't know we'll be talking about that much going forward.
1: Probably not. We'll be talking about it when I drag the box full of them out of the closet, because I sure have a lot of those fucking things. It's the
0: guitar games. Um, like it, yeah. yeah. Guitar games were the prior generation thing that died last generation, and now yeah. it's...
1: Yeah. Well, did, did you see, like, I think, was it yesterday? It's either yesterday or the end of this month. Uh, the op, the uh, the thing you can buy that lets you transfer Rock Band 3 to Rock Band 4 on Xbox is no longer available.
0: Uh. They're, dude, they put out DLC for Rock Band 4 every week. Yeah. They have put out DLC for Rock Band 4 every week since Sifted launched. Over five years straight of DLC yeah. every week.
1: Harmonix doesn't play around. It's
0: insane. It really is. I need to try out Fuser. As a DJ and a huge gamer, I should check out
1: Fuser. Yeah, I've read some stuff, but it's interesting. It's just too expensive for me to try out from curiosity. I'm going to try to beg him. I'm going to be like, I'm going to send out one of
0: my my latest mix and be like, yo, I've been doing this game stuff for a long time. I've been DJing since, like, 1993, hook a brother up. What is it?
1: What kind of game is it?
0: it Just DJ. like. just DJs? Yeah, one of my friends, Pete Moss, has a track in the game. And he's underground. Like, he is underground house DJ. I don't think he's ever played to a crowd bigger than, like, 3,000 people. And he's in the game. It's amazing. All my friends that are producing music now, like, there is a a new thirst for music just in general. People need music for everything. All the games and films. And, um, and it's trickling down even into, like, my underground friends who are making crazy underground house. They're making money. It's, it's really good to see. Um, All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about Sony, who right now is making more money than it can probably even count with the launch of the PlayStation 5. PlayStation 4, it's in its, basically, it's Twilight. There's tons of them out there. They're making a ton of money off of software. So maybe they could cut fans a break, but that was not the case this week. What has happened?
1: <laughs> have you met Sony?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not how they roll. What has happened? And I think everybody is asking themselves this question right now. And in fact, somebody asked this question in the Q and A at the end of the show, which is, "What do you? I have a PS Five. What do I do with this huge library?" of PlayStation 4 games that I have in my PlayStation 4 that I have that I don't need anymore. And so people have been asking themselves this question, and they've been answering it with, I am going to sell the access to my PlayStation 4, PlayStation Plus library. Um, basically just give people your login and your password, they give you money, and they have access to all these games that are in your library. Well, people have been doing that, PlayStation figured out that people were doing it and now PlayStation has decided that it is going to stop it um, how do you feel about this Matt do you feel do you feel like I don't
1: really understand it like is so you're just giving people your account like what are you using on the ps5
0: um, you getting, making a new account on the ps5 I suppose and you're just getting your games on the PlayStation 5 going forward um,
1: huh that seems really short-sighted to me but okay um also i would never trade my gamer name for any like i wouldn't change my name on things i've had the same psn account since the ps3 uh
0: yeah i've had dinfire and i'm not giving up dinfire anywhere i just got dinfire back in call of duty um somebody (laughs) had taken it and i had like these name change tokens sitting there and i was like why not i'll try it and sure enough Whoever had taken the name had let it lapse, and I got it back. So, <laughs> but you're, I'm like you. Like to me, my identity and things like that are more important. Um, and plus, I, I want the library. But you know, we're different. Yeah, we we want that because we want to be able to go back and we get a new game. We want to be able to go back and play the old one to compare it and things like that. Most people don't care about that once they've played something or decided that they don't want to play it. They don't care.
1: Yeah, and I thought there was also a thing where it was a thing where like people were. Like, getting, making a new PlayStation Plus account that would give you access to all the PlayStation Plus games in, the, like, the, the library that was available now, and then, like, just sharing the logins. You had, like, 40 people logging in on the same account, basically. Yeah, too, yeah.
2: Um,
1: and so he was going after that. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's fair. It's obviously an abuse of the system. I get it. Um,
0: how do you feel I that? I mean, the bigger discussion here really is, how do you feel about being able to sell your accounts? Do you feel like you should be able to do that? Do you feel like when you're old and do you feel like you should be able to, in your will, will somebody your Steam library or will somebody your PlayStation account or your Xbox account? I think you should be able to. I yeah, I would, I would
1: say you should be. I mean, also, like, who? who's going to know? You know, like, 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 people are getting caught on this because they're letting multiple people log in on the same account for the most part like if i if i hand down my steam account to my niece she's just gonna log in instead of me because i'm not gonna be here anymore and who's how's how's valve gonna know and unless they do the math and it's like this guy's had an account for 120 years he's clearly not the same person anymore
0: um yeah mean eventually it would get to a point where they're like wait a minute this person's 180 years old so we both agree that willing something or gifting your account should be okay what about selling them
1: I mean, I, I, I would consider selling them kind of a risk because you're selling something that has, like, your personal information to some degree. If you can, if you feel you can, you can scrub it, it can
0: enough, like,
1: fine, sure. like.
0: But the question is, should you be able to? Like, should Steam be able to stop us from selling our Steam libraries?
1: Um, I mean, I don't see why they should be able to. Why should like, they be
0: able to? I can't think of a single reason why they should be able to. I don't know. Four. I mean,
1: I mean, from their perspective, they want to they want to sell everybody things as many times as they can. I mean, so other than
0: their terms of service, which
2: probably says in there somewhere, like it probably says it's not transferable two? in some it's way. It. It's not transferable.
1: And I feel like they're not going to come after you if you like give your Steam if you're 90 years old and you give your Steam account to your nephew. Like that's they're probably not going to come for you on that's that one. You're
2: right, but it's the selling.
0: But the, se- but the selling it seems to be the thing they And be like, here's my PlayStation account. It has 800 games in it. Um. Here's the games I want for Grant or whatever you end up mm. asking for it. Like you, to me, you <laughs> should be able to do that. You have those. The problem is with these end of end user licensing agreements. They tell you you don't actually own anything. So legally, they have an out, which is no, we own that stuff. You're just borrowing it, and that's what you're paying. for. Right. Out. Well,
1: the well, the way around that would be uh, you own their. You own the password. You're selling the password.
2: I'm talking about the code itself, the game right. code.
1: Right, but that's I mean you never will own that. That's not how that works. You own a license to access it. Uh, but like the way around, the legal way around that would be to say that you are selling a password, and 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 you, you just happen to tell them, oh, you might want to try this on a Valve account with this email. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like true. that's look, all.
0: If they're going to use technicalities to do what they want to do, which is put whatever in their in their user agreement then we should be, out of, be allowed to use technicalities to get what we want as well i think
1: yeah and we do i mean yeah there, there's not much they can do to stop someone who wants to do that
0: S- from uh, selling yeah i thought that i mean, it feels like there's been stories where that's happened
1: it has but it's because of high profile mass sellers like it's usually they go after people that are doing it repeatedly uh, the other thing about selling accounts that can become a security risk is it it incentivizes stealing people's accounts yeah. Um, so Maybe if you they see, they see they someone that has like them. thousands of games, <laughs> if you run into someone who has thousands of games on their Steam account. You've got an incentive to figure out how to you know hack their hack their account and sell their account. Somehow.
0: Why are people always trying to hack my Blizzard account? I get emails all the time. Someone's trying to log in on a device that we didn't recognize. Why is it that Blizzard accounts are the ones that people go after so much?
1: Um, I, well, I don't know for for certain because um, I don't get that much. I uh, do, but, all I, the time. but I but I do, do think, think
0: my password
2: there like ten times.
1: I, do, I know that Blizzard accounts are or Battle.net accounts are, are sometimes uh, targeted if they're old because they assume you have um you have uh like exclusive stuff that goes way back like my like my you know like my World of Warcraft account has collector's edition stuff unlocked going back to the, the original release. Oh. Um. So if you want that fucking panda. You, like, you know could. i'm i'm a good target because then you can sell that off with the original you know original collector's edition stuff yeah. um so that's maybe that like that's the only thing i think i can think of um because i mean i've looked you know sealed world of warcraft collector's editions still go for hundreds of dollars because um, people want that ex- those exclusive maybe it was a diablo uh pet i can't remember um i mean this, this
0: whole discussion is why i still buy physical games
1: <laughs> I mean, well, I don't find it that particularly, you know, that doesn't help you with Blizzard. <laughs> there is no physical game for Blizzard.
0: No, but I'm saying like these, these platforms basically owning stuff that you paid for, they own it. You're just basically renting it from them. That's why a big reason why I buy a lot of retail and like physical games is because I own it. It's the only thing that you own
1: anymore. <laughs> like, like technically, you don't own that either. So, really? like you know, when you buy a physical game disc, you are it's, you're under the same EULA. You're under the you, are, you own a license to play that software. You do not own that software. Um, that is, can't that, take that away
2: is away from me is the difference. I mean, they, I mean, they, they could can't if they
1: the Sony SWAT team, I guess, could come take your discs <laughs> if they wanted. Um, but like, uh, but they can block you from playing that game if they well, want. I, yeah, You know, like uh, that kind of thing. Um, and that was also the argument, you know, it didn't work, but it was an argument that was made for to just try to stop used game sales. Mm-hmm. was that people didn't have the right to sell uh, the game beca- to anyone because they only ha- own, basically own the right to play that software. They did not own the right to resell it. And the argument was obviously made that, well, they're not reselling the software. They're reselling the physical item, and the software happens to be on it. So you can't take away someone's right you to uh, to sell a physical <laughs> item, right? Well, all
0: <laughs> all law is technicality change. It is. I mean, you're, that's, you're that's right, actually by design. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, that's all it is.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and, uh, you know, digital stuff, I mean, digital stuff is no more or less solid. I mean, you can, you discs discs rot, you know, like they deteriorate. You can lose them just as- and there's just as much likelihood that my Sega CD discs are going to rot themselves, just because it's not very likely, as there is that Sony's going to one day decide that I just don't get to download anything anymore. Like, it's not going to happen. Like, Steam is never going to take all my games away. It's just not going to happen. Um, but it's it's an access thing and it's, you know, obviously it's easier to, to have it on a disc if you want to install it from that, but then you've got to update it. Um, loan and, it to somebody or... And there's, you know, loan it, loan, yeah, loan it to some people, that's 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 one thing. Um, I, I haven't done that too often, although that happens when uh, if I get real impatient and I buy one of those, like, release date street date broken games physically so I can play it a few days early, I'll usually give that physical copy to someone else once, once the digital comes out. Um uh, that, so that's that's the only kind of really time I do that um, and I still I still collect the physical Yakuza games even though I don't open them just because I love that series and I want, I want them on my because I, I want them on my shelf I love, I love that series yeah. so I, I just sort of collect them it's a collector's item yeah. um, to me I don't expect them to be worth anything, but it's just, I like having them on the shelf. Yep. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like, I, it doesn't—it doesn't really freak me. I don't care really what happens to my Steam account after I die. Like, I, you know, if it, if someone else can figure that out. It's like not a big deal to me. I'll be
0: honest with you. Like when I'm like seventy-five or whatever, and like I don't care about that library anymore. I want to sell it. I'll just be perfectly honest, and I want to sell my PlayStation Plus account. And I'm gonna want to sell my Xbox Live account. I'm gonna. Um, And those things by then should be worth a ton of money. Imagine how many games I'll have in those libraries by the time I – like 15, 20 years from now. Um, So I think this is something where as digital becomes more of a thing, I think perspectives are going to change on it. And I think eventually by the time we do get to that age – I think we'll be able to sell this stuff. I just think we do. I think perceptions will change eventually. Uh, there'll be enough pressure from... Because look, you got to realize, over time, there's going to be a lot of people like us with a lot of money and and time built into these libraries. I think eventually they'll relent and we'll be able to sell this stuff. But it's... They're, they're fighting it tooth and nail because they kind of have to.
1: Um, also like, look, I, I, no one, I don't think they'll ever be able to stop you from doing the technical technicality thing. It was being like, I'm selling my password, right? I'm selling my PSN password. And when you, whoever wins the, the auction for it or whatever, you I then know, tell them the, the DNA, password.
0: like shuts those auctions down because they get you know heat from PlayStation. Or, well, then go to another
1: go to another place to sell it. Then, yeah, like there's plenty of options for that. Even if it's just finding someone at a fucking flea market nearby. <laughs> like it's like you know, here, here's my here you know give me a thousand dollars. Here's my login for my PSN account that I've had since 2006. Yeah, you know like it's got a ton these. of stuff on it. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, there's there's a there's a, lim- there's a limit to how much they can. They they can track to that limit stuff.
0: How much they can limit?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean I don't care. I mean I, I at most I would probably just you know leave the passwords for people. But again, like I don't I don't really I'm I, I'm pretty morbid, but I'm not morbid enough to spend a lot of time worrying about what happens to my Steam account when I die. That's just not on my list Your of concerns. Younger relatives may
2: worry
0: about it more than you do, and you're I promise, do not. Like <laughs> I promise they do not.
1: I promise they do not because they don't care about what I play. Yeah.
0: Well, they do not. you got to realize, they, they, by the time that comes, you could have, like, your nephews and nieces could have kids by then.
1: Yeah, and they will care even less about games from 2007. You're probably
0: right. You're probably right. Unless they're just like you, Matt, which one of them could be.
1: Yeah, but You're gonna even I, even I don't really care about games from 2007 <laughs> anymore. So
0: Touche. All right, let's it's, move on um i mentioned earlier we're gonna talk because also
1: because let's not forget the people that are g- get caught caught selling this stuff they didn't get caught because they're trying to preserve or pass down their okay. things to other people they wanted to make some cheap money and keep what they already had like that it was it was just another thing like that it's a little scam yeah i don't I don't, uh, I don't have a whole lot of problem with what sony did uh on this i don't have a whole lot of problem with them trying to you know with these people trying to do what they did like double dipping is what it yeah. is
2: really
0: Okay, let's move on. We mentioned earlier we're going to talk about Halo Infinite, and we are right now. Um, now that I've had my Xbox... Halo series Infinite series,
1: number of Game Face topics.
0: Yeah. Now that I've had my Xbox... never going to be
1: done with this fucking
0: game. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely never- not. Um, now that I've had my Xbox Series X for a while, I, I didn't. it didn't bother me that much that Halo Infinite wasn't there when I first got it, but now it does. Um, every time I boot up, Call of Duty, Cold War, I could be playing Halo Infinite online instead. Um, and Do so,
1: you really think you'd like Halo Infinite more than Call of Duty?
0: I don't know. Maybe. Um, if, if it's vehicle-based, somebody brought mentioned to mm. me, I think on Twitter or on the site, they were like, you know, uh, Halo Infinite's multiplayer could be probably the closest thing to, like, Tribes Remastered that you're going to find. And they're right. Like, it could be if they really make use of the vehicles and change the structure of how they've done their vehicle-based stuff a little bit, or maybe just set aside a separate mode for it. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I mean, I do have interest in it. I am excited to learn more about Infinite on the idea that it could be something along those veins at least. Um but there was news that came out this week um, and some that Microsoft had to swat down. The biggest one was that there was a <laughs> Battle Royale mode coming to Halo Infinite. And I'll say this. We curated this story because it came from a reliable source, uh, one that is usually very reliable. But Microsoft came out the next day and said that's hogwash. In fact, a couple of developers from 343 went on their Twitter feeds and were like, this is garbage. This is absolutely not true. Um, they could be lying, but I think they're probably not Um Or maybe it's just something that's coming, like, later on, because another thing that we learned about Halo Infinite this week is that the way the game is going to be structured and released is it's going to be released in modules, much in the way that Microsoft has handled the Master Chief Collection, Um, which sounds cool because that means when something is done that they can release it right then. But then it also makes you wonder, okay, well, are they going to prioritize the stuff that I want them to prioritize? So if I'm someone who just wants to play the campaign in Halo Infinite, are they going to get the campaign done first, or are they going to get the multiplayer done first? Because Are they going to put the campaign
1: done. out in, like, installments? Right. Because are they that'll me, like, be annoying.
0: At a time? Because when a game is modular like this, you can do whatever you want, mm-hmm. and that's an awesome thing in some ways, but it can also be very scary, and it can result in delays of things that you really want versus the stuff that you don't care that much about.
2: Yeah, and,
1: and ask Kentucky Route Zero fans about that yeah. one.
0: Yeah, I mean that's the best example you could have used actually. Is is that game? And they still haven't released the final. No, they did. They released. No, they the did. Yeah. Year. Yeah. Finally, after what nine years, eight years? Yeah, it
1: was like a year ago. It was like <laughs> <I> that, last <laughs> December, January This January, yeah.
0: They finally put out the last episode after like eight or nine years of stringing people. Along. I don't think that's what's going to happen with Infinite. I do think they're going to plow forward, and they're trying to get all this stuff done as quickly as they can. I just wonder if their priorities are the same as mine or if they're the same as yours. You should be wondering that too. Uh, another thing that came out this week is that we are going to get another look at the game before the end of the year. And I think anybody who has the ability to reason would logically assume that that is going to happen at the Game Awards, which, as you mentioned earlier, are happening on the same day as the release of Cyberpunk 2077. Um, do you agree? So bold
1: Crum- strategy, Cotton. I mean, Let's I mean, see how it works out for him.
0: I mean, look, either, either Microsoft <laughs> does its own little Halo Infinite event, which I really struggle to think microsoft would do because yeah not at this point it, that's too much of a tease for a game yeah. that's not maybe closer game. to
1: release but like yeah
0: my guess is there's going to be a chunk of some type of gameplay it could be the kit more of the campaign it could be multiplayer debut um but i think they'll have jeff will have some kind of a chunk i mean look they need it he needs it it's a match yep. in heaven right now <laughs>
1: They'd probably do multiplayer, I would think, because then it's a world premiere. Right,
0: yeah. So. just having an extra piece of the campaign, that you can't bill it the same way as
2: the first yeah. look at multiplayer, the exclusive multiplayer reveal, world premiere, all that crap.
1: So if you do single, you could do single-player and just have it be like, let's try this one more time. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so i <It's more>
0: <laughs> I don't know, but I would
1: guess... Please don't hate what we're about to show you. <laughs> it's like... <laughs>
0: Please close the Twitter app.
2: (laughs) start your tweeting.
0: Uh, I mean, I don't blame them for feeling that way because they really got lit up after the last kind of uh, shortcomings with Halo Infinite. Um, And so my guess is the Game Awards, we're going to get another look at it. Like, yeah. What are we going to need to see to turn around public sentiment on Halo Infinite? <laughs> Seriously. Like I have no have, idea. I don't have know. To see something like a tribe. Something that yeah. doesn't look like Halo where they're like, "Okay, I, they look like Spartans, but otherwise like this could be something else." I think that's what they're going to have to need to make an impact. If it's just more freaking warthogs flying around yeah. with some dude in the back with a turret trying to shoot shit like that's not gonna get it done it's just not yeah
1: honestly a battle royale halo like thing might have actually. been a pretty good yeah like might have been it like, <laughs> like if you go, if you go hog wild with that like you might have had something you know, but you know dropping out of the pelican drop ships yeah. like landing landing in the, like, in, the in the in the shields or something like that would have been pretty awesome this.
0: like they should have been like we don't comment on r- rumors and speculation right. or whatever All th- unless, although like you say
1: um <laughs> Although you say if they're if they're lying about it and just, that is the surprise, and they just don't want you to think it's coming.
0: Yeah, and that would be effective if if it is a battle royale. If there's a battle royale mode and they're showing it at the game awards, I could absolutely yeah. see where they'd be like, "Oh crap." And immediately just go on Twitter, and be like, "That's a lie! That's a that's lie!" That's not
1: true. That's not, not happening. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's something like that. In like eight like days. that. Like that would be an angle, maybe. Like, uh, like show that it's actually awesome. It's completely hectic and chaotic and crazy, and and it looks awesome. And there's jetpacks and and ships and and flying things and warthogs and tanks and and everything's destructive and it's all blowing up and da da da. And then they're like, "Okay, it's it's, it's a battle royale. We're releasing it in modules. Uh, this is up right now."
2: Yeah, that would be groundbreaking.
1: Except that's the same day Cyberpunk comes out, and they're not going to be that stupid. So <laughs> well, in, they can say
0: like tomorrow, or tomorrow, if, or like next month, month or like though, if it's not make now. it make it
1: happen soonish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like like something where like you know, even though even though the campaign's not be ready to like August or September, but you can play this in January or something. Yeah, you know, like, and maybe if you play this when the campaign launches, you start with like this armor. Or yeah, you'll get extra stuff. Or in multiplayer, you'll get like special I mean, banners or whatever. Can do and, it. And Armor pieces. What?
0: It could absolutely. What we just outlined could turn around public sentiment on Halo.
1: Yeah, especially if it's like a thing. That's it's like, look, we're happen. not char- No, it won't. Especially <laughs> if, like, if I were if I were doing that and it was ready, I'd be do something like that. And I'd be like, it's you can play right now and it's free right. because, like I said, the multiplayer will. Well, they're not going to charge for the multiplayer. Free anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's be free. Um, so no, yeah, or or or, or again. it's free to play in like January, or February, but if you have Game Pass, it's there right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right now they're doing, like, a crazy deal on Game Pass where if you haven't signed up, you can get it for, like, Ultimate for a dollar for three months. Yeah.
1: Like, and, like, like, I don't believe of, any of that's actually going to happen. Yeah, but, no like, that would be.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: but you but you asked me, like, how do you turn it around? I'm, I'm telling you, that's, yeah, that's kind the way of you can do. do it.
0: Yeah. So I don't see anything happening at the Game Awards for Halo Infinite that's going to yeah. drastically alter the pitch of the center. Yeah, you would need to drop
1: a, a nuke from orbit, Pretty really. Much-
0: what could? I mean, I think if you showed campaign footage, that looked like it was running on a, a next-gen console, mm-hmm. Generation 9 console, and it looked good and fun. I think Good and
1: fun. Also, like, and something, tease me with something lore-driven or something that feels interesting, something that, like, makes me care about the story for the first time in three games, you know? Like... Like what? Like, tell me why I'm supposed to care? Because four and five didn't make me care about anything. Yeah. So like, I give me a sure. give me a hook for six that you know, and for infinite that like makes me want to come back into this universe and care what happens to Master Chief and Cortana and whatever's you know he's looking for Cortana, obviously. But like, like make me care about this universe again because yeah, nothing in that
0: dies or you think he's dead. Like it changes everything. And I think a big part of the the reason Halo has kind of lost a lot of its luster is it's almost like a case of crying wolf. And look, it happens with almost every franchise when you get into like the fifth installment, the sixth installment. It happens with TV shows and films where you threaten the death of a main character or a main character dies, and then you bring him back or her back somehow or some way. It, it feels cheap, and I feel like I'm being manipulated a little bit by whoever created that piece of art. And this has happened with Halo, with Master Chief, with Cortana. Like, what else is there, Matt? Like, they can't— Well, I don't—see, I don't agree with again, any of that. Like,
1: no, I don't agree with any of that because no. I think—no, not at all. I, I don't—the character death is not the only way to tell a story. It's not the only way to have high stakes. No, like, that's
0: not what I said. Um, My point was, once you do that, nothing else is going to make an impact. You've already killed somebody off. I that's, thought that's maybe you you're would be injured. That, you want, like, an adult, mature story in Halo. And that is never going to happen. They are never going to make adult a Halo mature- game that has a nuanced plot. And like- well, I don't know about
1: adult and mature, but I'm just saying I'd like to see some stakes. Um, and I don't mean and my food. point was, I mean- bigger
0: stakes than death? There isn't. And they so the bigger already to than, the to stakes, the And that's than I don't death- care about the plot in Halo because
1: anymore. The bi- well, that's, see, that's what I'm trying to get at. And what you don't seem to understand is that, of course, there's more stakes than death. The stakes of of the survival of the planet Earth, You're which so was the point mis- at the beginning There's of three. There's no
0: bigger stakes than death. So any stake other than death is what well, doesn't
1: have to be Master Chief's death. It like, doesn't have to be Master Chief's death, well, like Cortana, or, 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 they didn't or Cortana's her. death. Like, can point. Cortana even die? She's an AI. Right. Like, well, they did they, kill her, they, and then she came back, and, and, then
0: she came back and, and
1: then she came back, and now she's rampant, Or is she rampant? And like, well, can you can you even explain what's happened to Cortana in four I and five? Because I can't. I
0: don't care, and that's my point. But the you but don't the don't point care. is after that, they kill somebody off and they break but no, them back no, that's not no like, no.
1: That's not why you don't care. The reason you don't care is because they told the story badly. They could absolutely make you care about what happens to Cortana in 4 and 5, but they failed. That's the problem. I think the
0: problem is it's a franchise that isn't about telling an intricate emotional story. It's a meathead franchise about this dude that runs around in green armor and kills shit. And I
1: think if I mean I think that's, that's what it's it more or less become. But I, certainly that's the only interesting part of four and five. If you're especially if you're more into the multiplayer. But I think if you go back to the original Bungie people and say that to them about one through three, they will absolutely disagree with you.
0: Yeah, I mean I would have I would disagree with the first two but the third one I thought that's when it kind of transcended the more thoughtful stuff that they had started with the franchise and it look, 3 is actually my favorite favorite Halo ever so don't think that I'm slagging it or anything I, just I think, think 3 pulls it off more or less I, I think across the, the span of that game well,
1: I think, I, think, I think 3 is the closest they get to the balance of that uh, I don't know if they fully achieve it but I think um, I mean, I think Halo has always thought it was more deep than it is um, and oh, one yeah. of the reasons One of the reasons that it sells that
2: its
1: ass. One of the reasons it sells that effectively from In one through three is Marty O'Donnell's music Like if you take the music out of that You lose almost all the dramatic Gravitas of those first three games um, like I don't think anyone would argue like that, that opening shot of Halo Three, where he where you're watching him sort of come back in the atmosphere, and uh, Jennifer Hale's doing the monologue about you know I, I got to pick who I wanted of all the Spartans, and then you had that extra thing that no one else had, which was luck. Like it's a great monologue, but the reason that scene works is because Marty O'Donnell is making that music make it work for you, yeah, I mean- and they lose that in four and five is because they got rid of him for some fucking <laughs> reason like i will never i mean maybe they just didn't like him or whatever but i, I, mean, it I sounds I, like people just
0: don't ridiculous. like ridiculous i mean yeah but I mean, like that's there's really there's, what i've kind of figured out after talking to a lot of people
1: i think that's true but like there's cer- with certain people in certain positions you just so yeah I, I can so i'm it saying yeah who cares like <laughs> i agree With certain creative people, you put up with the bullshit because what they the results are so worth it. You know, because no one who plays Halo Four or whatever is going to care that you had a hard time dealing with Mari on a daily basis, but they are going to care that the fucking music music sucks.
2: sucks.
1: (laughs) 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 So, like, and I so I think look, and I think you are right in the sense that because of the poor storytelling of Four and Five, they are starting a mile behind the starting line on this game in the campaign. Like there, like to make, you don't have to just make me care again. You know, four had to make me care after three because, as much as I have but issues with certain things light. about one because it's <laughs> over. Because like the story, you know, a similar thing with Mass Effect. Like the story was over. You could have just let Master Chief float in in space in hibernation at the end of three, and four could have been about someone. I kind of like five was five was about a different Spartan. You could have and you could have brought Master Chief back at a key moment. Maybe you didn't even play as him, but he was like the thing you so had to find. Like some big battle or whatever. Yeah, like, you could totally make Master Chief the MacGuffin, and even if you don't care one way or the other whether Master Chief's going to survive or not, because you know he's going to survive he's Master Chief, but you could, but I am interested in the idea that we got to find him, you know, got to look for, you know, like, search for Spock sort of stuff, you got to find this character we care about, like, that's a compelling idea, and Five almost had that, but instead, you also played as him, and you were trying to accomplish a thing that was, like, kind of makes sense for him to do, because he cares about Cortana, And instead, you're also playing this other guy who's trying to stop him, who either doesn't understand the situation or doesn't care about the situation, and that is not an interesting dramatic conflict. Um, really. Um, it, it might be an interesting dramatic conflict with a villain, but not an interesting dramatic... Con- it's not interesting when I know more than both characters and the problem is basically that the two characters will not fucking talk to each other. Yeah. You know, it's, a misunderstanding is a way to have a scene of conflict happen. Uh, for example, when Iron Man fights Thor in Avengers... But that's not the whole movie. That can't be the whole thing. And that was the whole story of Halo 5 was these people just didn't quite understand what the other was after. So 6 needs, I mean, if you're going to focus, obviously you're going to focus on on Master Chief. There has to be a reason Master... Halo
0: 5, like, I had completely forgotten about that plot, Matt. That it was, like, Chief versus the fake Chief. Right. I mean, don't ask me to explain it any further. really, like no it doesn't matter
1: the plot. <laughs> no oh, it doesn't and and don't ask me to explain it further because that's literally i mean i'm not even sure i got all that about that right you know i, I know there I was two did, sides and the point but, made but like, was
0: that i didn't re- even remember no. most of the stuff from the plot
1: <laughs> i mean the, the only reason i even know that is because i got the halo mythos book a few months uh-huh. ago and read through it and like they the whole the, it's funny because like this is another example of why how this you know story a good story tends to boil down to a pretty pretty tight synopsis like great stories are generally not complicated yeah. at their core yeah. and like the Halo one through three section is like six pages the Halo four and five section is like two chapters like because it just it's just convoluted plot and
2: ra- explain it and rationalize right cause, well because
1: there's no story it's right. just. Plot. It's just plot and story are not yeah. too, not the same thing. Right. Story is what something's about. Plot is what happens yeah. in the story. Right. And, like, it, video games can get bogged down and just plot, 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 I mean, plot. And at a certain point, you're like, well, what was childish. it about? Like, and nobody has anything to say. Video games are
2: that
1: way. Oh, yeah. yeah. Storytelling, I, you know, it's, it's like, you know, and there's a lot of, you know, a lot of video games get by on that because I think there's a lot of people who play video games don't have a lot of, let's say, experience with storytelling outside the medium. Yeah. Um, especially the younger people uh, you see you know I see constantly I've seen a lot in response to a lot of the um, the nominations for game of the year stuff I see a lot of people saying that that uh, 13 sentinels Vanillaware game should have been nominated and it got slighted because the best story all generation and da-da. and I played about half of that game and that game is the most generic anime shit I could possibly <laughs> like Look, it's got, a, wear, it's, Matt? it's got a lot of well, no, it's got a lot of allusions to other like science fiction, like great science fiction It mentions H. G. Wells constantly and Orson Scott Card, and all, it, was, it mentions all this. There's almost a Ready Player One who's who of all these other great science fiction works, and it's using concepts from all those things. But every single work it references is better than it.
2: VanillaWare, and is it's, the new treasure, Matt. It's
1: it's it seems new, to be to some like, degree,
2: boutique, but it's new just it's just got and this element.
1: But it's just got this element of like, if you think that's great, way well, you read a book. Yeah. You know, it's like, and, and, and Halo 6, like, I know it's Halo Infinite, but it's Halo 6. It um, I can't conceive of what it would have to do narratively to pull me back in. Like, yeah. I just don't know. I like, know if I you don't. went to, if yeah. you came yeah. to me and said, hey, we're 343, we want you to come with us and work with us to figure out what story Halo Infinite should have to get people back on board... I would not take I that like job. You have to
0: hire someone yeah.
1: else. <laughs> yeah, I would be like, Mm-mm, "No, I'm not I'm not putting myself on that firing line. You no be thank you." You're the
0: savior though if you save the franchise.
1: No. No, I am working. not fin- I am not finishing that fight.
0: <laughs> I, I am not doing that. All right, that's a perfect way to end that topic. Uh, I think both of us would agree we're probably not seeing Halo Infinite until the end of the year next year.
1: I it feels like the
0: campaign, I think.
1: God, yeah, I mean, I, god, I almost feels optimistic at this I guess point.
0: multiplayer but, beta March ish yeah multiplayer launches maybe two or three months after that and then campaign q4 yeah
1: it feels like multiplayer non like full like 1.0 multiplayer would probably be around e, what would have been e3 yeah something like that
2: yep With the I, if, like, if,
1: if it were if it were not you know the the tail end of the play gear, it feels like you would probably play the multiplayer final multiplayer at e3 yeah and it would go live like a week or two later yeah
0: yep so we'll see uh, but that's the latest on Halo Infinite. I know for a lot of you guys who bought Xbox Series X, you guys are waiting on this game. You may be waiting for a little while. On uh, All right, our last topic for episode 239 is the biggest game of the week and one of the bigger games released in the last couple months, and that is Immortals Phoenix Rising. I had to check the title of the game to make sure I got it right because I have called this game a billion different things. It is the most it generic is- name for a video game.
1: It is not a... Um- A a name that sticks in the brain.
0: (laughs) It was originally called Gods and Monsters, which stuck in my brain just fine.
1: It's a much better title, but (laughs) But Monster (laughs) Energy Drink. See, indeed them, because apparently Monster Energy Drink owns the word monster? Like, I don't...
2: I I don't see... I I think you would have won that
1: lawsuit, but I just feel they didn't want to have a lawsuit over it.
0: Well, I'll say this. After playing the game, I think that they changed it because monsters is a bit of a misnomer in this game it should be called gods and monster because you fight like the same enemies over and over and over again Uh, but anyway this game was originally called gods and monsters it is an open world i guess i would call it an action rpg there are skill trees and you learn new abilities and you get new gear and it's not like a loot driven game so much though you're not like Picking up like eight thousand helmets and twenty thousand swords. Not, it's not like there's stuff that's dropped every time you defeat an enemy. And you have to constantly sort through it and sell it. That's not really what this game is. I can
1: definitely see that it's built on top of like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, though. Like there's there's a, there's a lot of similarities to sort of the the character interface. Um, days like the days took away all the loot. same same like Valhalla. Right. They're like, okay, you, you only get one of this kind of axe. We're not going to give you 4,000 bearded axes that you have to like break down and yep. sell all the time.
0: Yeah, they've simplified it a lot. And because a big part of the game is uh, this game is based loosely on Greek mythology. Um, it is a comedic game. It tries to be funny. From the beginning until the end. And I will say, I have not finished the game yet. I've played about 20 hours. I think I'm not too far away. I don't think this game is as big as most Assassin's Creed games. Um, But because it is based on Greek mythology, loosely. uh, Like, when you first start the game, you're basically collecting, like, all the items of the Greek gods. So you get, like, your bow and your sword, and they're all attached to some famous Greek deity uh, that you've probably heard about in the past um, and, and we should
1: uh and we should uh also explain i have not played this yet okay because yeah. it's not out yet yep so
0: and i've been playing it for a week i got it from ubisoft quite a while ago so i've had a good chance to really dive into it
1: yeah i think it goes live in like two hours yeah so
0: i um, mean the good news is you're gonna hear this when the game is for sale uh you're gonna get my opinion on the game the same day it goes up for sale for you guys so you if you're sitting on the fence you're wondering about this game hopefully this helps um so when you first start the game you're kind of collecting all your items um, and it, it doubles as, like, the the training section for the game. So they give you your first sword, and then they show you how to use your sword. And then they give you your wings, and then they teach you how to use your wings to glide. And then eventually you get the upgrade to your wings that allows you to do more than just, jump, just double jump and actually glide from one thing to another. And it slowly builds up, and then the game starts proper. The epilogue for this is a good, like, two hours long, something like that, before it... Finally, puts up the the game's logo on the screen and starts the game proper. Um, now, I don't. Matt is right. The interface, the UI, and stuff like that, and kind of the structure on how you build out your character and how items are handled are very much like Assassin's Creed. And it's an open world game.
1: Um, it is the same. It's the same team as Odyssey.
2: Yeah. But it
1: came out. It basically came out of like that when they were doing the research for all the mythology for the the DLC stuff. Yeah. They're like, wouldn't it be fun if we could go to, go a little more, you know, you know, straightforward with it and have fun with it? And so that's where this game apparently came from. Also from like somebody clearly played Breath of the Wild.
0: Yes, well, that's what I'm getting at. They're getting to. So it does have elements of Ubisoft's other open world games, but it is really different and when i say different it's different in pretty much all the same ways that breath of the wild is different than other open world games um so there is a huge open world just like breath of the wild um and there are tons of locations to discover and things like that but most of the levels so to speak are rifts. they're these holes in the ground that you jump into and they're basically the same as the temples from breath of the wild um you go inside um most of the temples in this game are puzzle driven there's not there's really hardly any combat inside the temples and what you're doing is you're you're picking up like steel boxes using like your stasis ability and you're placing them on switches and then that switch opens up a new walkway that gets you to another platform where there's like a bunch of lasers that you have to align to open up another pathway that gets you to yeah the, another. the
1: fam- famous lasers of Greek mythology yeah, exactly. if you remember those
0: yeah well it's light you know it's like right. reflecting light or whatever but that's the type of stuff that you're doing in this game on the regular now so are the
1: are those like as as like small as the temples like one puzzle at a time yeah, or are they bigger. like bigger these
0: are they're not huge um, but they are bigger. Um, trying to think of something that I can compare it to that give you a frame of
1: reference. I keep thinking, I don't know, I don't know if this is valid, um, but I, when I see this game, I keep thinking about uh, Dark Siders 2. Mm. Um, like where you kind of run around this big open world and then like you get to these sort of like little dungeon things that are like yeah. rolling balls yeah, into I mean, slots the and like the-, the same.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. And then the combat happens in the open world and there are missions out in the open world where they say go to this location and kill this creature or whatever, and that tends to be where the combat takes place. Um, But overall, this game is much more of a puzzle platformer type game than it is like an open world action RPG that's driven by combat. Um, And the combat isn't bad. It has all the tools that you need. It has, like, a parry. It has a dodge. And there are certain enemies that have attacks that you can't parry or you can't dodge. And there's a rock, paper, scissors thing that gets involved with all that stuff. Um, You have a sword and you have a bow. And you can mix up combos with those. Uh, The combat itself... It feels okay. I feel a little detached from what's happening on the screen, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, my biggest complaint about it, really, though, is that it doesn't evolve quickly enough. Um, you, over time, you do get new abilities and new attacks and things like that, but it's, it takes far too long for them to kind of layer on the new stuff. So you'll get in a position where you have X number of abilities, and you'll use those abilities for a good while before you get an upgrade. So the upgrades are slow. The pace of the game overall is slow. It's just not one of those games where you have this big epic moment, and then you see a cutscene, and then it shoves you on to this next epic moment. Uh, There are peaks and valleys in this game, and generally I like that in video games, and I do like it in this one, Unfortunately, the the valleys in this game are generally tied to moving the story forward in some way. And I've read a couple reviews about this game. And look, humor is subjective. It's like in last week's episode, we talked about how music is subjective. Matt likes the music in Breath of the Wild. I don't. It's there's certain things in life that one person can view one way and another person can view another way. And that's totally fine. And humor is one of those things. And me personally, I did not find this game funny at all. I did not chuckle at anything. There's this, there's two Greek gods that are basically narrating the game going back and forth. Um, You were basically, you're basically the last hope to save them. And one believes you're going to be able to do it. And the other one doesn't believe in you at all. And so there's this narration going on between the two of them the whole game long. Where one is always disparaging you, making fun of you. The other one is always trying to lift you up and tell you that you're doing a great job and you're going to complete the mission and blah, blah, blah. None of it I found funny. Um, It also has things that I've complained about in other games before where it has, like, colloquialisms that are things that we say now that are being said in this game that's supposed to be taking place in Greek mythology. Just words that we use slang in pop culture today that they're saying in the script of this game. Um, And I don't know, maybe at the end there's some kind of a weird twist where actually somebody lives in the present day. I have not finished the game. I don't know. But if there isn't something like that, it sucks. You mean the gods are saying that or like Yeah, they're using words that would never be used by them. Well, if they're gods,
1: they may exist outside of time. So you'd be able to
0: maybe take a peek into the future. It's off
2: putting to me.
1: I mean, it's kinda I think that also comes out of sort of the the pedigree of of kind of the CW thing. Supernatural does that a little bit with like death and the angels and things. Like it's just like having like classical mythological figures use modern slang as almost a standard shortcut to like, look how wacky we are now. Um, so yeah, you either like that or you don't. I tend to, I like it when it's done well. I don't know how I feel about, I feel about this. Um, I've only had a little bit of exposure to the narration you're talking about. Um, in the like, so the trailers have it, yeah, uh,
2: well and voiced. stuff, and it's well written, it's but it's fun, you
1: know, and, and it makes it's uh, it's Prometheus and Zeus, uh, as I recall, and that does that makes sense. Like, Prometheus would be kind of a cheerleader, Prometheus has always been a cheerleader, humanity, that's why he brought us fire, and nobody liked him for that, uh, <laughs> in, at Olympus. Um, and Zeus, sort of thinking like we're idiots, is also sort of standard, uh, so that that's that's that works, it's in character,
0: like Zeus is like, I, he's a human, he's not a god. And
1: yeah, I can I can see how that would get older. I mean, it doesn't sound like it's any bastion. Um, you know, if there's anyone that does like good kind of lighthearted narration properly, it's super gi- it's uh, super giant. Um, okay. And everyone else has to kind of catch up to that. And yeah, well, I don't yes, know. There
0: are many games that do this that has like a narrator that kind of just goes along with mm-hmm. the entire game, kind of making comments about what's happening. Um, So it's not something that's done very often, and it is done. Look, the writing is good. The voice work is good. It's just it tries to be funny, and all the jokes fall really flat. Is your character silent? No, he talks. No, Phoenix talks. Yeah, and so when you start the game, you have a very rudimentary character customization. There's, like, four faces to choose from and, like, five haircuts, and you can choose to play as either a male or a female character, And, yes, your character is voiced a lot. And the voice is really annoying, and he's kind of like this whiny... I don't like... I don't like the visuals in this game for the most part. Even though... I will say this. Now that i played it, it doesn't look like Breath of the Wild all that much to me. Uh, The more I played it, the less it looked like uh, Breath of the Wild.
1: I think the revamp they did took it away from that. I think the early trailers looked way more like Breath of the Wild. And
0: I'll say this. I would rather have that. I would rather have it look like Breath of the Wild than what it looks like now. This game does not look good in a lot of cases, particularly, like, a lot of the cinematics, the character models are really simple, and that could be a style that they went for. But the character models are really simple. The world is very simple. It's not littered with a lot of detail. So a lot of times, the backgrounds for cinematics will just be, like, a ground texture in a tree, (laughs) It's, it, here's what I would say about this game. Having played a good bit of it at this point, it feels like a game that Ubisoft worked on for like a year and a half instead of like three years. Like what Matt said earlier about, hey, we were working on Odyssey and we got the idea for this other, I believe that a million percent because that's what this game is like. It's like they had this other idea for a Creed game, but it wouldn't really fit into Assassin's Creed. And they're like, well, what do we fit it into? Well, let's create this new universe it feels like everything is just kind of there because it needs to be there not because it should be there like the, thing the gods that, and the plot and like
1: I had a thing that where I was read. I read in some of the reviews where um that was the thing that kind of caught my attention the most was like where people would say like um, the the diff- different areas in the game are sort of each ruled by a god so like, like Aphrodite has her area and, he, and uh, uh, Ares has his area and it's more war stuff and whatever um, and they're saying like because those are kind of areas made of whole cloth to be themed around a particular god one of the shortcomings is sort of the like Nothing feels like a real world. Nothing feels like it's lived in. Everything feels like it's just sort of there to fulfill a theme as opposed to sort of the feeling of running around Hyrule where, like, you'd find places that felt like a natural location. Would well, you agree think with that? Either
0: that You have, like, these rifts that are just literally holes in the right. ground that warp you to some other reality. I mean, there, there are allusions to alternate realities and timelines and all that kind of crap, but your base point is absolutely right. This game feels like a collection of ideas that were snapped together instead of a concept that was cohesive that they managed to flesh out through game development. Mm-hmm. It just it's a quality game. I haven't had any bugs or issues like that and that's actually for a Ubisoft game it's pretty rare. Yeah,
1: I was going to say like given the last two they put out that's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, and the voice acting is great, the writing is good, the engine is the graphics engine is fine and the visuals are okay. It's just missing any sort of a spark. It just... I found myself forcing myself to play this game instead of wanting to play it, I guess. Like, I was like, I need to play this game for Game Face, but I would rather keep playing Valhalla or I would rather keep playing Miles Morales. I wouldn't go so as far as to say I'd rather play Demon Souls, but <laughs> but I have all these other games that I... I don't
1: know. You don't have Godfall, so... <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I, I have these other games that are sitting there that I haven't completed that I would rather play instead of playing. Mm-hmm. I played it because I had to. For.
1: I and mean, I'm pretty excited about this game. I really like how it looks, but I haven't stared at it for 20 hours like you have, so that yeah. might change. Um, I really, really the like the idea.
0: Like all the textures are really flat. Like the character models, like the hair doesn't like move. Like it feels like a cheap. Quick and dirty game that Ubisoft cranked out, and it. Did Are you use- playing it on PS5? Yes. But yeah. Yeah, and I and this is one game where I downloaded it first on the PS5, so mm-hmm. I'm not playing the PS4 version. But look, it does look crisp and clear, and the draw distance you can see to infinity. Mm-hmm. Um, I got
1: but- it. I mean, that's that seems kind of. I always felt kind of key to that. Especially after the relaunch, like all the trailers show, like you can see the whole world pretty much from any vantage point. Yep. My, I have it on uh, Xbox, so I guess we can. Yeah, briefly compare, compare notes next week
0: for sure. Yeah. um it, Look, I I'm not trying to scare anybody off. um If but I would say that if you're if you're hoping that this is Assassin's Creed set in Greek mythology, no, it's not. It is. It, sound, it
1: sounds like you're more of in a be prepared mode. Yeah,
0: this is Breath of the Wild set in Greek mythology. To be honest with you, and it doesn't look as much like it as it did whenever we first saw the game. But it really feels like it and plays like it. There's way more plot in this, though. Way more. Way more exposition. Uh, way more I voice mean, acting. Way more cinematics. I have more, there's more
1: plot in my grocery store runs than there is in Breath of the Wild, if we're being honest. And
0: I would say that this game probably goes overboard. Like I think it beats you over the head with it so much that I started to not like it. So uh, <laughs> you have one extreme with Breath of the Wild where it doesn't tell you enough. And you have this one where it tells you too much.
1: Oh, there's definitely there's definitely a, you can hit a point where it's like just shut up, like yeah. just let me play. And Ubisoft games to me do that semi regularly. Like there's
2: this one. I'm, I'm
1: hitting that point with Valhalla. Particularly yeah. interesting. <laughs> I mean, fun. Valhalla has that problem. Everyone's you know because like you have those arcs for each area. Yeah. And like a couple times I've run into an area arc where I'm just like, I don't care about any of this. I told you so that like, f- yeah. when we first
0: talk about Valhalla. I'm sitting there watching cinematics. I'm like, I don't care about anything you're saying. Nothing.
1: It's like, can we just get through this so I can stab what we got to stab kids, and we can kids, move kids, on? Kids, kids,
0: kids, kids, yeah. And this game is worse. Here's what I would say. It's a, an open-world Ubisoft game for kids. That's really what it is. Kids, I think, will love this game. They'll love the goofy writing, They'll love the characters and how goofy they act, and they won't care that some stuff doesn't make sense. Or I think this is Ubisoft's like gateway game for kids. I think Ubisoft may have developed this game specifically to get kids into open-world games, their open-world games, and as they get older and they graduate, they graduate to things like Assassin's Creed and Watch Dogs. And I think... For kids, I think this is a great game. It's very simple. It's easy to follow. There's always waypoints showing you where to go, and they're, like, gigantic. Uh, there's never getting lost. The puzzles in the game...
1: They it also eat- explain why they crammed the thing on the Switch.
0: Yeah. Look, they eat... It does explain it. They ease you into the puzzles. In fact, the first five hours of this game are almost insultingly easy. <laughs> like you're, there was a couple points where I was like, no, it's not that simple. And like, I walked away and tried to do something else and came back and was like, no, it really is that freaking simple. So they ease you into it. And I do think they do a good enough job of building the concepts, the puzzle concepts, so that when it does get more difficult later on, even kids, I think will be able to handle it. So, To me, I think this is like my first Ubisoft open world game. Um, I think a lot of adults may be put off by it, and if you're an adult and you're trying to, to decide between this or Valhalla, or even in all honesty, Watch Dogs Legion, I would choose either of those games over this one.
1: Or just wait a week and play Cyberpunk.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's really the smart move. That's really what you should do, is forget all those games and buy Cyberpunk on December 10th. Um... But look, there's this, this to me is a good game to buy your kid for Christmas. Or if you have nieces and nephews in the family you need to buy for and you're willing to spurge on them a little bit. I don't spend usually that much on each of my nieces and nephews, but maybe you do. Um, this is a great game for them. And if you well, have, I only have two. So. Yeah, I have a lot. I have like yeah. 12 <laughs> nieces and nephews at this point. But if you're looking like for a game that could get somebody young into gaming that could blossom into them becoming a gamer like you are and you want to have that connection with someone in your family, I think this is a great game to buy. Uh, I think if you're looking to be blown away or maybe maybe even you're seeking a different angle on what Ubisoft has traditionally done, I think you'll feel the game is that if you haven't played Breath of the Wild. Uh, But if you have played Breath of the Wild, you're just going to feel like this is a mashup of that and Ubisoft's other stuff. Um, It is a pretty big game, like I'm 20 some hours into it, I'm probably, based upon kind of looking at the map and some of the stuff that Matt mentioned earlier about how the game is kind of structured, I feel like I'm about 70% of the way through, it's not going to be as big as like Valhalla or even Watchdogs. Um, but you're still going to get your money's worth in, then some from this. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay
1: with not as big as Valhalla. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and if you have a kid, they'll actually be, might be able to finish the game and get a sense of accomplishment yeah. out of it instead of just beating their head against a wall for 70 hours straight.
1: That is one of the things about playing. I'm still on Valhalla, although I've also sort of moved over. To, I've played Fallen Order again, and I've uh, been playing Kotor. But like, more and more on Valhalla, I feel like I'm just m- moving forward by inches. Like, it just feels like I don't make enough progress in a session. Yeah. If that makes yeah. sense.
0: Yeah. I mean, I talked about it. I share that sentiment.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, like, 40 hours in now, so yeah. I'm really it's starting really to feel that way that. in a way that I didn't when we talked about it before because I hadn't played it as much.
0: Well, it's interesting because now that you are have played it as much as me or close to as much as I have, your opinion is starting to come around to match mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny. You've mentioned two things now, talking about it, that I talked about when we first discussed it that you hadn't played enough to kind of know and now you're saying i'm seeing the same thing so yeah
1: and i feel like eventually i will go back to you know like i can see after like playing through cyberpunk going back to valhalla and everything it's feels a little more fresh <laughs> yeah but everything feels a little more like oh, okay yeah i remember this is a little less you know involved and i'm cool with that but like just the same thing you know i'm just i just i'm so tired of looking at thatched roofs <laughs> it's just like yeah. so many long houses.
0: I also said that too. I'm like, yeah. because it's in, in this one territory, the environment starts to get really boring. Yeah. And I'm
1: starting to like get far enough North that like, I'm getting to kind of the, the snowy areas more. And like, the but, like, but they really leave you in that middle England area for like 40 hours. Yeah. And you're just like, Oh my God, if I have to look at one more deer, I know. you know, <laughs> and it becomes a problem with like the, like the upgrading where it's just like, I need this thing from these, creatures and i i'm i'm too low level to go find a reindeer yeah. you know like it's, it's weird
2: yep.
0: uh so anyway uh we'll talk about this game again next week after matt has had mm-hmm. a chance to play it and i'll be looking forward to hear his impressions of the game uh but i just wanted to give you guys at least a good rough overview from the first 20-ish hours uh to know whether you want to pick it up today because you guys are watching this the next day uh as it's the archive um so i think you probably have a good idea i will say this if you're a big fan of breath of the wild buy it i think you're gonna like it um, it has a lot of the same elements as far as, like, the stamina and the climbing and the gliding and the swimming and the running. All of it is governed by stamina, which I freaking hate. I, <laughs> know, I know some of you guys love it, and if you do, you're gonna love this freaking game. So... Uh, like of the if you world, love
1: arbitrary limits on what you can do at one time, it's a festival out there. <laughs> it
0: is. It absolutely is. So I think you at least have a good, rough idea of what the of what the game is. We'll get into some more nitty-gritty details uh, for next week's episode when Matt has had a chance to play it as well. And with that, it's time to get on with our Q&A. And while the show isn't live today, you guys were great as usual. You responded to our tweet uh, and asked us questions for the end of the show. You also went to the official thread... Uh, the official Game Face thread, on Sifted.net and ask some questions there. So we have plenty of great questions. Let's get to the first one. Uh, This one comes from Jay Lynn. And his question is, uh, I'm really interested in the debate you had with Pactor regarding Epic and Apple. Do you think you'll ever release that as a special outtake episode? Would you also include all the crazy things he says, but you edit out? Thanks for all the hard work. (laughs) (laughs) No, I will not do that. I would definitely not do that. And if I were to do that, there would never be another episode of Pactor Factor. So, (laughs) no, that is definitely not going to happen. The funny thing, too, is that a lot of times Pactor doesn't even tell me to, like, cut stuff out that I know I should cut out. Um, And then sometimes he'll have an epiphany, like, two days later, and he'll text me or he'll call me, and he'll remember some random thing he said. And we record for, like, three hours. And he'll remember some random thing he said or some way that he said it. He'll be like, I'm not sure that that was okay. Can you go and check that and make sure? Like, it'll be exactly where he said it was. He's like, probably like two hours and like ten minutes. And I'll go and right there it'll be. It's so crazy. Uh, But no, I'm not. The stuff that Pactor and I say to each other in private, it's private. It's between he and I. Uh, we have, like, while we're recording the show, we hold a conversation, like a dialogue, a back and forth, like he finishes an episode, and we'll just strike back up the dialogue. Um, there's stuff in there that I say that I don't want out there as well, so no, that stuff and, is going to remain. And believe me,
1: there, there's plenty of stuff that passes between on, on-camera talent and off-camera people in every TV show that you never get to hear, and there's a good reason for that.
0: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and that happens here, too, so just, just leave it at that. Uh, Joaquin Dragoon. What do you think of the new Fortnite season? Should more games as a service follow this model? Why is it so successful for Fortnite? Well, I mean the new season is kind of like a mashup of like a bunch of different stuff. It's mm-hmm. like got Galactus in it, but then it's also got like like Sparta and like just
1: well, they finished uh, Galactus, they beat Galactus and then the new the new one I've seen that the Mandalorian's in it.
0: Mandalorian, that's
1: right. Um I mean, I guess it. I mean, look, you could do worse with your live service game than to constantly put the hottest new nerd-related stuff in it. Yeah. You know, then I mean, I'm sure it works. And the other thing is, like, it all looks pretty good. Like, yeah, they do. The costumes look good. They do a really good job with it. Like, it's you know, and also, also, I mean, I don't play Fortnite, but I've seen, I see the videos, I see the stuff that comes up on Sifted when they do the updates on things like that. I think it's really cool that that's one of the only places in the world you can see Marvel and DC characters together in the same game.
0: Yeah. I'm surprised it has like, happened.
1: Yeah, that's pretty nice. Like, you, you, you've got Iron Man and Batman right there next yeah. to each other in a costume thing. I mean, that's cool. I'm into it.
0: Yeah, I think they're doing a great job with Fortnite. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't like Epic, what it's doing as a company recently, but... There's right, no but the, the
1: people making the Fortnite stuff are not those people, so yeah, I, you know, happy masters. to support that. Yes,
0: there's no one better. That's why Fortnite is what it is. So I think they're doing a great job. Like,
1: yeah, and they built that game out to like be able to handle all that. So, that's yeah. the thing is like, you know, people are like, how come Apex Legends doesn't do stuff like? Because Apex Legends it can't is. do that. <laughs> like, that's, you think they could put Galactus in that thing? No, probably not. I really, I'm not without some serious work. Like, but, but every time been, for
0: it's so big that every yeah. pop culture. Whatever, we and they all want to be, be the the part of it. They yeah. want to be in it. Where you have to, where a lot of games have to ask. These companies are coming to Epic. Like, how do yeah. we get in Fortnite? Like, it's an it's an anomaly. It's a phenomenon.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's also part of the whole, the scene, the Marvel and DC characters like in the same guy, like that's how powerful and ubiquitous this game is that Marvel and DC don't even care
2: They're like whatever. that they're going to be,
1: yeah, this. that, yeah. yeah, they're, they're like, they're because oh, normally it'd be like, we don't want to be seen in the same side by side situation as these other characters. And on this thing, there's like, no, this yeah. whatever, like, look, we got to be part of it. Yep. And so they are. Yep.
0: Uh, Next question from Zet Saber. What's up, Zet Saber? Hope you're doing good, man. Uh, Have you seen the video of older console emulation on the Xbox Series S? Do you think this feature will draw more people into buying the console? Um, So he's referring to uh, we curated a video this week from the Modern Vintage Gamer where he showed off, like, PS2 emulation running on Xbox (laughs) Series S. Um, But to answer your question, no. Emulation is never going to move the needle. No, not
1: enough, enough people care. Yeah, um, I know a
0: lot of people will say that like the PSP only stayed alive because of Homebrew, or the Vita only ex- stayed alive. <laughs> well, except it didn't, did it? Right, but what is alive? <laughs> alive means right. that you still played it. It doesn't mean that anyone was buying it or buying games for no. it. No. Alive means that you still used it. That's it.
1: And also, like, there's a non-zero chance that Microsoft is going to shut that down <clears throat> yeah. pretty quick. You know, like, I, don't think, I don't think Microsoft is thrilled that people found a way to run RetroArch on... <laughs> On the Xbox Series S. Like, yeah.
2: that's, do you think this feature will draw more people into buying a console? No, of course not. <laughs> no you know, don't really know,
1: know about it. Yeah. No, well, also, you can just put it on your computer. Yeah. Like, you can't even buy a $300 $500 game console to do that. You can just put it on your computer. Like, It's it's, silly. Yeah. Like, it's, 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 I mean, it's cool that you can do that, I guess, but it's like...
2: Yeah, if you, you own know. one and you want to jailbreak it, go for it. I mean, you can just go get a Raspberry Pi
1: and stick it in something if you want to do that. I like, can only
0: play games you, you paid for. um why doesn't ps5 support bluetooth headphones could that change
1: good question i don't know really idiotic
0: (laughs) i wasn't even aware of it i didn't even know that that was the case i have not used headphones with my ps5 yet now that i think about it
1: Um, neither am i but i I wouldn't have guessed that
0: my guess is sony's proprietary headset probably is a bluetooth yeah (laughs) i mean just taking a wild guess at it i think that's probably what it is they want you to buy their headset
1: yeah, or they want you to talk through the stupid controller. Yeah,
0: which I didn't even realize was, like, turn on by default like I was playing. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, you got to turn Call that off, Max. D- and I don't even talk trash when I'm playing Call of Duty. I only say something if, like, I find someone being, like, a coward or something like that. And I said, effing coward. And the guy I didn't even know the mic was on, and the guy was like, what do you mean? And I was like, whoa! <laughs> I was like, you ran away and got me killed. It was two on one, and I died because you ran away. But anyway, yeah, you're right. Like, don't if you get if you get a PS5, don't forget there's a yeah. the microphone is in the controller and it's on by default.
2: Yeah, you got to press remember the thing that? under
1: underneath the PlayStation button, and it, it like a little yellow light that says it's off. Yeah.
0: Um, so, like Matt and I always that. say, if something happens and you don't know why it happens, it's always because of money. So mm. why doesn't the PS5 support Bluetooth headphones? Money probably next up. I, bet, I
1: bet they will start supporting it when Sony puts a pair out
0: yep exactly yeah, how about that a Bluetooth headset. they'll have to uh, next is a question from actually a mutual friend of Matt and I's and he used to be my assistant on X-Play Rob Manuel who is mm. at 8-Bit Wiz on Twitter he asks what do you see as the future of games media as more companies speak directly with their consumers outlets shrink and newcomers newcomers fail to find footing in video or streaming platforms <sighs>
1: Um, oh, I know, I know what the publishers want. They want, and they've talked about this multiple times, and I've been approached a couple times for things like this. They want to have, like, AAA publishers want to have their own sort of in-house, quote-unquote, media centers, like their own, like, kind of media teams, media teams that function like a gaming press outlet, but are actually fully controlled by the publisher. So you'd have, like, a Ubisoft. Yeah, sort of like treat the treehouse. Well, you'd be have that. They had, they
0: that. did they, have that, and it didn't last they too long. Had to clean it out because um, they were all the people who were sexually harassed. Right,
1: <laughs> that's also, That was also part of that problem. Um, so you you got to screen people a little better. Yeah. Um, but I think every I think the, the movement at, at least in their heads right now. I don't know if it'll be it'll be successful. Um, but the the idea in the heads right now of the biz dev world seems to be sort of emulating the Nintendo Treehouse model.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's been going on for a while. Um, it started with community managers when they yeah. started, like, hiring fans to, like, manage their social media and stuff like that. And it has just grown into, and Matt's right, like a lot of ex-games journalists, this is the job that they have now, is they work as a press person internally. Uh, Matt Casamassina, when he left IGN, right. everyone's like, where did he He went to Apple, where he was mm-hmm. Apple's in-house Game reviewer, basically. And that's right. What he, did. He, he like
1: basically went and found stuff that was worth putting on the Apple Store. Yep. Like yeah. that was his job yeah. was to go find the content.
0: And a lot of journalists, Pre- pretty and good work if you can get it, it kids. Is. There are <laughs> like,
1: jobs like that. Though.
0: No. Do you want to see another? You know, right, though. He's. Yeah. Outlets are shrinking. We just talked about the apocalypse here on Game Phase a few weeks ago. Um, it's not gotten any better. Um, it's nope. gotten way worse. Um, so outlets are going to shrink. They're going to get smaller. Um, but where does games media go? You're probably right, Matt. It probably is just going to keep shifting more towards... In- and that's when it gets to the point where there's nobody that you can trust. Um, I think as far as like people you can trust, where are you going to be able to find them? You're going to find them where you're finding them right now, on Patreon, on YouTube. Um, IGN will yeah. probably be around in- until I die. Yeah,
1: yeah. IGN is pretty bulletproof just because of how big they are and how, how many... <laughs> IGN has managed to keep their editorial separate from their kind of paid content world, so like I don't those those the, the Twain don't really cross there. I just think they're um, too big to but go but away um, a little bit. I mean, nothing's too big to go away, but but IGN has seems to have pretty much figured it out.
0: a month you have to you you would have to do something monumentally <laughs> stupid for that site. To well, go away. if
1: there's one thing we know in the game world. Never say never. Oh, <laughs>
0: so, there is that old saying, probably not. I don't I don't subscribe to this but there is that old saying that fanboys always use you can't spell ignorant without ign. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, they're still here, aren't they? They are.
0: Exactly. No. And I think they're going to stay here. Like I think they will be here forever. The other guys, even GameSpot I am not confident in at all. Yeah,
1: you just, and some of that just has nothing to do with their be- performance no. or behavior. It's entirely the, how the ad stuff works and how the corporate mega structures that own them decide to arbitrarily shut down or keep.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're basically things. owned by a hedge fund now. GameStop yeah. is like they don't ha- hedge funds don't care about artistry. Like <laughs> you want to look like uh, uh, you
1: look forward far enough. Like the most you know the, the last remaining high profile independent game journalist might be Keely. Yeah. Yeah, which is, I want talk about dystopian. For
0: us, I mean, we're <laughs> independent. We don't take any money from video game publishers. We don't take a penny. We've, I've never taken a penny from a video game company ever on Sifted. So you're, you're going to be able to find stuff, but you're also going to have to find people like me who are willing to stick it out because a lot of people would have quit already, believe me. Uh, they, a lot of people would have quit many times over. Uh, but you need someone dedicated who th- thinks that this is what they want to do. Like, I didn't go, you know, to work at GameSpot or G4 or Game Trailers to get a job working for publishers. This is what I want to do. Um, and you're going to need people like that that are going to help carry this forward. It's not going to be the people who are just like, it seems like a cool job. Maybe I'll find another cool job working there. That Those people aren't going to last, and they're going to go away um and i think a lot of public <laughs> or, the, or they're going to get
1: more higher paying jobs okay. in or other fields yeah.
0: in one of these media working in-house for one of the publishers yeah i mean those are the people they want <laughs> so mm-hmm. and it makes sense you want people who are irrationally overjoyed over products so
1: yeah um, and you've got i mean it, there's still every once in a while someone tries the old model i mean like the the, the return of g4 is going to be you know it's certainly going to have good. that same thing of like not beholden to anyone, I'm gonna tell it how they think they, they think they think it is. Um, so we'll see how long that lasts. Like, <laughs> I fun, you like, like, yeah, like it's you, I'd like to, to think that there's a place it's for so that, that. It's
0: hard if it's easy to pander to people and know what they want, mm-hmm. and just tell them what they want. And people are like, it's so funny. Like, I don't even know if people realize that they're being pandered to. One, I don't know if they care too. I think some people are just like, sure, pander to me. That's what I want. So, well, I, I think you're back to your bubble. Yeah, thing it is. again the conversation went full circle yep and i wasn't gonna say it but you did it for me so anyway i think we took too long answering that but it was a great question thanks rob hope you're doing well man much love um next up from biggs villainous pre-cyberpunk game of the year any game that surprised you this year positively or negatively um I don't want to say that because that will give away our game of the year mm-hmm. up. So let, we won't answer the first part. But any game that surprised you this year positively or negatively, Matt?
1: Um, I mean, I think the – isn't that also one of our categories, most pleasant surprise?
0: It is, actually. <laughs> Try to pick your runner-up, maybe. I don't
1: know. but um, I think a pleasant surprise this year, I think uh, Spiritfarer. Okay. Um. There were a lot of like, or like Hades, or like the or the, the indie stuff, indie stuff that popped out and Fall. You know, I I mean, I've never played Fall Guys, so oh. I don't know. Um. But I think yeah. You know, like, but Fall Guys is part of that same thing. Like those indie games that come out, and you're like, you're like, oh, and it just sort of like is exactly what you need right then.
2: Yep.
1: You know, and indie games do that more often and and better than a lot of than AAA stuff tends to do for me. I love AAA stuff, obviously, but like. Every once in a while, one of those indie games comes along that just like plugs the hole in my in my heart. And like Spiritfarer did that, Hades did that. Um, when I go back a couple of years, Forgotten Anne did that. Like the, the that's the kind of stuff that those are my favorite surprises uh, every year. It's at least in this modern era of like kind of where indie games come from.
0: Um, I already told you some of the games I was pleasantly surprised by, uh, negatively surprised by. Watchdog's Legion. That is the game that stands out the most to me. Of I thought it was going to be one thing, and it was something else.
1: Mm-hmm. I think negative surprise. Uh, you're probably still in Final Fantasy VII remake territory yeah. for me, <laughs> like because I, I was I was sort of cautiously optimistic that like maybe this is what gets me like to under to get it about Final Fantasy VII, and it wasn't. And even just even just replaying Fallen Order this week, like, because Fallen Order does the thing where where Cal has to scoot through narrow passageways a fair amount of time to like wait for, to get the loading out of the way, right? But in Fallen Order, he's, like, hopping over stuff and lifting BD-1 with him and, like, kind of doing stuff and ducking yeah, under Final things. Fantasy. There's some character to it. And, like, Final Fantasy VII, it's just, it's just <laughs> cloud, rigid against a wall, like a PS2 character slowly inching his way along a concrete block, and it's just death. Yep. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I will— Final I will,
0: Fantasy VII Remake for you.
1: I will bang that drum until the end of the year, believe you me, until until they try to make me play 15 again.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, next from Arge Nike, uh, I've got a PS5, but I also have a PS4 Pro. Is there any point in keeping my Pro anymore? No. Only if, you, only if you got PT on it. That's it. That is the only reason. If you have PT and you downloaded it, that's it.
1: Yeah. Or you really want to play Robinson the Journey? That's, yeah. a, so that's what one of the VR ones. games that didn't work.
0: If you have PT. That's it.
1: <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. And honestly, you, you, want to talk about, you want to talk about selling something for money? PS4 with PT on it.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You put that on eBay. How much do you think you'll yeah. all for, Matt? I don't know,
1: but I, I, I guarantee you there are people who are nuts enough to pay a, a, a absurd premium for that incredibly mediocre demo. I yeah, it's, I said it. I said it. Like, I don't know why people freak out. I think it's just that – I think it's the Fireflies uh, syndrome where, like – look, season one of Firefly was pretty good. Like, it was all right. But like, but most of the reason people freak out and will not let go of that fucking TV series is because season three of Firefly was probably going to be amazing. Uh, and, like, PT's the same way. It's, like, it's kind of a fine little demo-y thing, cool, but the, I think people are mostly just hanging on to, like, how awesome they think the game would have been.
0: I saw some small fan sites reporting this week that uh, Kojima is making Silent Hills.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. Like... Look, this, I uh, sound Silent-
0: site reported.
2: I just I I don't know about that.
1: Guys. I know I will tell you I will tell you pretty confidently that Silent Hill will be back in some form or another. Oh, yeah. But I, mean, I don't know if Kojima's important. working on it and I certainly don't uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe we're doomed to Kojima games having Norman Reedus in them forever now, <laughs> but I hope
2: not.
0: <laughs> okay, last question from Rafael Michael. Who did the art on our new shirts? Um, after all this time spent with the new systems, what's your one biggest disappointment and biggest surprise in regards to each? You go first, Matt.
1: I'm a little disappointed at how loud the PS5 is. Um, I don't have the coil line or the fan problem or anything, but I can hear it. Um, like when when the when the when sound when load screen, kind of like when things are quiet or I'm switching between stuff or whatever, I can hear the fan on the PS5. Not like I would call Sony and say there's something wrong with the system, but I can hear it. The Xbox Series X, I can't hear anything. But put
0: like it's. it in the Series X, I hear that the drive, but you're right.
2: I, I hear so,
1: I, from it. so I watched a, a, a Blu-ray movie on the Series X for the first time this week. Um, Speed Racer, for those who are curious, which is awesome. It is really good. Um, I put it in. You, I can hear. Obviously, I can hear it when it like loads in. You know, it's like, it's, it's like okay, loading the thing. After, after that, start of the movie. Nothing. Hmm. Like.
0: Well, mine absolutely they, was absolutely silent. an Xbox 360
1: disc or whatever. Uh so it probably had to read everything to install stuff and everything. Yeah, but like it. you can obviously hear it go kind of through yeah, that drive thing, Loaded the game. You can hear the drive thing, but like it was you know, obviously it was reading the, the the disc to play the movie the whole time. And it was absolutely silent. So amazing. Yep. Um, I love that. Uh, so that would be my thing is like the PS five is a little, I mean, it's quieter than my, uh, it's quieter. I think decibel wise than my, um, PS four pro, but something about the, the, just the, the amplitude, the weight, the, the, the quality of the tone of the fan, I can hear it better. It might just be cause it's <laughs> taller, it Might it's higher up it could be, and, it could be <laughs> and it's bouncing, bouncing off the, the wall and like, yeah, I think that might be it.
0: Cause I haven't heard but, my PS five, but I do have mine sitting horizontal.
1: So. That could be it. Yeah, so that's that's my one thing on that one. Uh, the, the Xbox...
0: <sighs> no games. There's <laughs> nothing to play.
1: Yeah, I mean, other than the, the lineup... Uh I mean,
0: just ask, what's your biggest disappointment? For me, yeah. for Series X, I think for everyone, it's the lack of exclusive software.
1: Yeah, not a lot of new stuff to look forward to or to play right now. I mean, I'm playing all this, most of the stuff I'm playing, like I said, is old... You know, I've played a lot of Star Wars games that I've already played before. I'm playing Valhalla, but I'm not going to give the Xbox credit for that. It's just the platform I happen to buy it on. Yeah. Um yeah I guess I guess it is the lineup when it comes down
0: to it. Uh, for me, uh PlayStation 5 biggest disappointment I mentioned this a couple weeks ago maybe it was last week the stand um, <laughs> as it turns out, um, you cannot, in fact, attach the stand when the PlayStation 5 is horizontal. It just has to sit on the stand.
1: That is weird. I thought it would, for sure it would like, screw in, in the back somehow or
0: something. Nope. That's no weird. The, you only screw in the stand when the uh, PS5 is vertical. So that is a huge, huge pet peeve for me. I have to move that thing around all the time. Even just setting it on my entertainment center, it's like the stand is so weird, so you put it into the stand, and then it's kind of like crooked, but you can't just move the stand and the console together because it goes, uh, 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 and it'll hop off the stand. Like, it's horrible. I have no idea why Sony decided to design it that way. It's a horrible idea. I realize most of you guys never move your console, but if you ever go to move your PS5, you're going to understand exactly what I'm talking about. Keep in mind, I have to move mine every day, and I think it's horrible design. I don't know why they did it that way. Uh, big disappointment <clears throat> with Xbox, no software, uh, most pleasant surprise for Xbox, hey. I guess the stock my- controller would be a pleasant surprise. For
1: yeah, a controller is good. I mean, my most, pleasant I surprise, gonna be. Yeah. my most pleasant surprise is still how quiet it is. Yeah. Like, I am amazed at how silent that thing is. It's ridiculous.
0: Stock controller is great. Most pleasant surprise for PlayStation 5, how much I've played it <laughs> compared to my Xbox Series X. It's been on ever since I got it. I mean see, I that's a funny that's, a funny. that's a funny thing. The problems they have with standby, but
1: see, that's the funny thing is like. So I do have mine turned off. I don't use standby at least until I'm sure that that issue's fixed. I didn't turn my PlayStation Five on for like four days. Wow! Uh, I, pl- I was playing because I was playing Valhalla, which is on the Xbox. Um, but, you know, not yeah, and I'd finished Miles Morales, so I was kind of done, and it was you know I wasn't getting pulled back by Godfall. Sorry. <laughs>
2: um, Definitely not.
1: But I think I turned it on to do the save transfer for Spider Man Remastered when that the day that went live, which is like third Thanksgiving, I think. And I didn't touch it until like two days ago, and I it had to update like all, all the games. All the games had updates since the last time I turned it on. Um, and I you know I played some stuff on it, but like uh, Hmm, most pleasant surprise, like I gotta say the PlayStation Five is kind of exactly <laughs> what I was expecting it to be, um, and not in a bad not a bad way. Yeah, it's living um, with
0: my expectations. Yeah. Um, it hardly ever happens to me anymore with anything. <laughs> I, have to, no. I have to. I am a skeptic, um, and so it's very rare.
1: I guess I'm pleasantly surprised by how fast it downloads stuff because I had a lot of problems with the PS4 sort of like getting stuck on I slow download it's speeds. At
0: launch than it is now, though, but it is faster than PS4
1: still. Yeah, it's definitely an improvement, and it also um, it stays fast when you're playing other games. Which was not true on the PS4, and still isn't true on the Series X. If you have another, if you have a game open on the Series X, it halves the download speed on my system. Um, so, and I have to quit everything to get this download speed back up to like it 120, no 150. It doesn't, you know, if especially you when you're online. If you're playing a multiplayer mode, I can see. No, I'm playing. I mean, I guess Assassin's Creed does have like Ubisoft Connect stuff in it, but is is anything? I, te- I actually tested it with. Uh, uh KOTOR and it actually does the same thing so and I know KOTOR is not doing anything online so um so yeah so I think that I think download speeds are nice uh on this I was not not a, you know make or break thing by any means but it was, it was nice to notice that like oh like I can do anything I want while I'm waiting for this to download and it's not going to kill my download speed I'm still going to get that game downloaded in a reasonable amount of time so that's a nice surprise yep
0: All right, that's it for Game Face, episode 239. Thanks to everybody who took a minute to ask us a question on Twitter or on the site. Um, We think we'll be back live next Wednesday. Jared seemed to think he's going to be able to do it. The show may get moved to, like, Tuesday or Thursday. But that's why I keep telling you guys, follow us on Twitter, at Sifted Games. I got some messages on YouTube today. They're like, hey, what happened to the live stream? If you followed us on Twitter at Sifted Games, you get all those alerts, and you know what's going on. I'm sorry if any of you guys just went straight to uh, Twitch today waiting for the show to start. I probably should have jumped in there and said something, but I was trying to prep for the show, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, uh, follow us on Twitter at Sifted Games. You'll know exactly what's going on with everything we're doing. And while you're at it, you can follow me on Twitter at DinFire, and you can find Matt on Twitter at MKyle. That's M-K-E-I-L. Um, as I've mentioned over the last couple of weeks, our new shirts are live in the store. Sales are going very well. I did not get many of them and they are running out fast. And I'm not trying to tell you guys to like get you to buy them or whatever. I made sure I wasn't going to be stuck with shirts this time because I did not get any <laughs> made. So I'm not worried about that. Yeah. I'm just telling you like- His you know, wife's coming
1: back someday and she don't want to see a lot shirts. She's
0: actually coming back in like an hour. I leave oh, wow. recording to pick her up from the airport. Um, so anyway, uh, Thank you guys for all your support. As you guys know, we are supported 100% by Patreon. If you're listening to this show anywhere on the internet and you want to support us, go to patreon.com slash sifted. That's slash S-I-F-T-D without the E. Um, and as always um matt and uh jared hopefully we'll be back next week we'll try to uh we'll try to
1: guess. i will be What'd you say? i'll be back next week i hope so
0: <laughs> <laughs> we do only have two more episodes left after this one for the year we have next week which is cyberpunk episode which i am very very excited for
1: except not because i'm not going to be playing it by then what do you mean comes out on the 10th
0: oh we'll see And then we have our Game of the Year episode after that. So we're winding things down here real quick. We may have to stay a little bit nimble with Jared's schedule to try to get live streams. No matter what, we will make sure we do our Game of the Year episode live for you guys. I promise you that. Come hell or high high water. We have to do it on a Saturday. But we'll make sure that we do our Game of the Year episode live for you guys. So on behalf of Matt... Um, again thanks for uh, all your support both on Patreon and with Twitch Prime we couldn't do without you guys Game Face is up and out